Welcome back to episode 34 of the All Music Is Good podcast. It's 2022 and we're the podcast that takes a deep dive into three, and I repeat, three recent releases, but we'll get into that later. As always, we like to get right in there to try and work out what's great and sometimes not so great about each one. This week we're checking out albums from Adele, The Weeknd, and Animal Collective. So I'll start the new year off with an apology of sorts. After the 2021 Album of the Year episode back in December, a meeting of the All Music Is Good Executive Committee was held, and from that meeting, a working group was established to review the recent performances of the on-air talent, the results being that a mandated five-week annual leave was enforced on the hosts of the show. Some may call it a reward for services rendered to the world of podcasting over the last two years. Others may call it a time to reflect on their own personal performance and how maybe they could be more committed to the show, both monetarily and research-wise. Whichever way you choose to look at it. And there was talk of a special one-off Byron Bay episode to try something different, but we quickly put that to bed as it felt like a cheap ratings grab and <coughs> cough, cough, epicenter, COVID epicenter. But if truth be known, and I, and I speak on behalf of my co-host, I think, when I, say we, when I say we really did need a rest and some replacement batteries put in, um, look, it may be insanely, my insanely great suntan, Arik. You know, I'm rocking it pretty well at the moment. Maybe it's the fact that Novid was booted out of Australia. Maybe it's a multitude of refreshing ocean, ocean swims that I had in January. Or maybe it's the fact that I'm still Omicron free when really I have no right to be after the aforementioned Byron Bay trip. Maybe it's a combination of all of the above, but I'm feeling pretty fresh and ready to attack 2022 and plow onto the half century episode milestone where Eric and I will run through a banner <laughs> that I more than likely will have to pay for. What can I say, Eric? The good vibes couldn't last forever. So it's on that note, I'll say hello for the first time this year to a man that started back at work two weeks earlier than me. It's true. Making him the right amount of grumpy to be a proper host of this show. Can I say hello to my partner in crime, Eric Bloom? Eric, hello. Hello. Thank you, Waza. It is, uh, what a what a roaring start. What is it? Are we in February? It's we. It's basically, we're kind of coinciding, I guess, with the pre-season um, AFL competition. Really well, let's not stretched. Be, let's not be um, gender specific. The AFL Sorry, AFLW is on. You're, you're like right. You're right. That's weeks. absolutely, that is completely out of line on my behalf. Apologies. <laughs> I was, um, I, I guess, I was referencing, um, I guess, my uh, my my mid nineties memories. But um, look, it is good to be back. You're right; it feels really refreshed. We did get an opportunity to share some time over this summer, which was really nice. Um, I should make mention of, um, you know, I mean, was a is a is a guy that tends to take on the challenge where when it's when it's faced. So I'll give us a little bit of context. I uh, I'd booked a little holiday. Um, to Byron Bay long, long ago. This is probably booked in about April 2021. And, you know, just counting down the days to my holiday in Byron Bay and off I go. And as it turns out, the Bamboos are playing a show in Byron Bay over New Year's Day, which is very, very exciting. So that's all going on. <clears throat> um, and uh, it's the 30th of December and I get a text message from Waza going, hey man, see you tomorrow, just learning the Bamboos set. I got a late call up to do the Bamboos gig. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. So, you know, in true was a fashion, he's like, I can't talk, I can't talk right now. I'm just memorizing 55 songs. And, um, you know, he's, he's, he's going and he's doing that. I can sense the kind of tension in his voice, but I know he's a, he's a man that yeah. when he puts his, puts his mind to the job, he gets it done just like this podcast, really. I mean, it's, uh, it, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't exist, but for his, uh, 
you know, his elbow grease. As I said to Lance at the time, there must have been a lot of people who couldn't do the gig. Or well, COVID we were wondering if, if like, yeah, who, like, how did Waza yeah. of all the people get the call? You know, um, but look, maybe I was may- the only one who possibly wouldn't have a gig on New Year's Eve. <laughs> that's, that's, right, that's right. That's right. Only person available. That's so the myth, but maybe the myth, the legend of his workmanlike um, approach to everything he does was perhaps the reason why. So, you know, Lance would give him a call, you know, well, also, less than 24 hours before the show to say, hey, can you learn the whole set and get on a plane to Byron Bay? I think I also was the only one in the band with an active gold, um, virgin gold pass as well. Likely. So, so you know, that was uh, that was well appreciated. Likely. Especially when uh, we were trying to fly back to Melbourne and the queue to uh, get out of Byron Bay was very long, except for the priority access, which, hello, gold card. Off he goes. So maybe that's the reason. But look, I'll, uh, we digress. So, you know, I'm thrilled. My good friend was in Byron Bay. There's talk of a potential podcast to take place between Soundcheck and the gig. Yeah. That was quickly scuttled. Scuppered. Scuppered. And uh, I think I ended up getting a bay kebab in that, in that time. But what, what, what ended up happening was um, I, uh, I managed to mosey on down to Soundcheck whilst about 500 maskless 18-year-olds um, yeah. <laughs> were queuing outside the venue. I'm talking like three hours before showtime. There were people that they wanted to get in. And um, I was, you know, lucky enough to see a beautiful sound check and, and was a, like, just came came to play. And I was like, mate, you've got this in the bag. You've, yeah, absolutely killed it. And um, and then we had, a, we shared a moment. Yep. We shared a moment. In on the, the rain. On, in the rain on the beach and had a beer. We had two, yeah. um, was it Salters? Was that the? Um, I don't know. A Hawker's, I think, is a Salter a beer? Does anyone know? I'm not sure. Bolter. 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 Oh, Bolter. It was Bolter. Right. So we had, uh, we had, f- we, I bought four bolters and drank three because you were, you know, behaving yourself, and um, I, look, I wasn't able to make it to the show because I was in, um, I guess, your COVID you know, purgatory, my, yeah. my COVID purgatory, um, and uh, could couldn't make it to the show, and uh, you know, lo and behold, uh, you know, text was first thing in the morning, and he said, you know, I said, what's the score out of ten? He was like. Definite nine out of ten. I think I said eleven. I think you said eleven, um, but you know, I, I, I mean, let, I, better you say that than me. Well, um, <laughs> it, it, it got a bit ridiculous, really, because I did lean over to to the keyboard player halfway through the set and said, "I'm nailing this." Yeah, well, look, I mean, look, taken from what I saw at Soundcheck, <laughs> he, he I'm not surprised. It. <laughs> you did an amazing job, and um, and as it turns out, even though Byron Bay is literally the epicenter of the pandemic right now, both. Waza came out unscathed and myself came out unscathed. Crazy. So here we are, Omnicron free, knock on wood, and um, and looking forward to 2022. So that was a bit of a highlight, Byron Bay, good times. Well, before we you – know, I'm sure you want to talk, but can I just wish you – you know, I don't think we did it last year because we, it hadn't happened. I wish you had a very important milestone that mm. came up uh, after our last episode. So I did. Congratulations. Happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, yeah, the big 40th birthday, that was pretty fun. Um uh, yeah, good, good, good night. Good night, great yeah. night. Very civilized in the garden, except when uh, someone started playing uh, Brooklyn Drill. Like it's oh stage. yeah, yeah, that got a bit weird. And then that was left. yeah, yeah, yeah. Brooklyn Drill, man. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Like, yeah. No. That got a bit weird. So it was actually interesting. I had a friend. Um, we got, had a big DJ set up, and I made an open decks space. And um, as it turned out, a friend Ajak, she decided to just like come and just like bring the bring the heat with an amazing music selection and away she was going and it was just setting this perfect tone you know everyone was kind of pretty mild and then my mate Bazzy who I'd promised a DJ set decided to drop 
pop smoke and yeah, pop smoke. That's right. <laughs> and away we went. And look, I mean, I'll take responsibility for that. I encouraged it, but um, it certainly made you run for the door. Well, there was some, and there's a great photo that you put on our Instagram of your know, relationship with me under the speaker trying to repair it, and you just sort of with a fag, like, yeah, 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 lounging about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, definitely at the peaks. The peaks of the the evening. <laughs> the I peaks. I'd certainly uh, I'd certainly lost all ability to plug in any cables at that point in time. But look, it was a good time. So yeah, good times there. Byron Bay, good times. What else can I tell you? Um, Man, it's not all good times though. Can't always be good times because there has been some sad moments over the last month, and one particularly for me. Well, there's two actually. One particularly, and I might. Um, Are you gonna drop some nostalgia? I music? might dry, drop some nostalgia on the whirly. A bit later, maybe two two out of three ain't bad. Maybe, or a bit of paradise. Or please do just drop it in and but post. Meatloaf passing got me. Oh, really, it, it got me big time. Like, and I'm I, I don't know why, but like something so nostalgic about that guy. Like the guy that had no right to be a international superstar, and just did this album that was just ridiculous. You know, like mm. no no one but that guy could do that album with that music, which was so ridiculous and so humorous all at the same time. And he died and I was really, really sad about it. So it might be time, you know, I, I'm seeing some movement to, to, to my left. Um, I might introduce our special guest for the week because I, I, I believe he seems Tap to have in, been... Yeah. He, he <laughs> might have just... Um, Come, you know, in, in Jewish culture, we sit Shiva, which is, you know, seven days a morning. And it seems as though it's about kind of in the zone for, for Ryan. We're going to introduce to episode 34 the champ himself one of the great all music is good uh i guess collaborators partners um you know like uh, I, I guess he's part of the board he would have been there for the spa um oh, he was part of the working group yeah he would have definitely been part of the working group and the um enterprise bargaining agreement surely the man who fought for the five-week annual leave for the podcast mr i guess meatloaf opinions himself <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Ryan Munro. <laughs> Welcome back. Um, for the record, I fought for the eight-hour workday for the podcast as well, but that didn't really come off. <laughs> is that like a? Is that capped at eight, or is that just like? It's hard enough getting Eric to do three hours, let alone eight-hour days. Fucking hell! Every three weeks. I mean, it's depends how many days a year, I guess. That's true. That's true. If it's like the army reserves, then you know, like. Eight hours for one weekend or something. Then, <laughs> oh yeah, the reserves. That always seemed like a good deal, didn't it? I mean, was it one weekend a month, two weeks a year? Yeah, yeah that's right. How yeah. does it even? What, what add do they? Up? Yeah. What do they say on The Simpsons? And most of that time, you'll be drunk up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so meatloaf memories was there? You got yeah, me as well. That, that got me as well because everyone talked about the grand final thing, and I think it's a real shame that I agree he was remembered like that by so many people. Yeah, he, uh, that, but, but, that but, album is hilarious and over the top, but amazing. Um, yes. Was it done tongue in cheek, or was it earnest? Totally, they, I mean, it, they were they were serious. I think the producer Todd Rundgren thought they were joking, yeah. and that's why he got on board. But it's really funny if you watch the classic albums episode about Bad Out of Hell. Yeah. They're, they're exaggerating, but I think um, Meatloaf says so many record companies turned us down. Record companies started up just so that they could turn us down and then close <laughs> down again. <laughs> but it's um, so funny. Jim Steinman passed away a few years ago. He, yes. he wrote the songs. Yeah, he wrote and, the songs, um, yeah. yeah so. And I don't think there was ever a Meatloaf hit that didn't have Steinman 
as the writer of it. And he was he was a badass as well. He wrote um, Total Eclipse of the Heart as well. Like right. he, he did a lot of other stuff. Yeah, and like if you, that is pretty much a Meatloaf song. You know. Yeah, right. Yeah. And he, I, I think Meatloaf had done maybe three albums in the eighties, and Steinman came back to write. Um, oh, Bad Out of Hell too. No, no, um, yeah, yeah, what was the song? Um, I, I would do anything would for do anything love, for but love. I won't do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so that was Bad Out of Hell too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think there was a three. Is that the same era as Use Your Illusion 1, Use Your yes, Illusion 2? totally, yep. So was, are they the only two albums that had like sequels? Uh, like a, like sequels? <laughs> no. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> Surely not. Oh, wait on. No. Van Halen 1 and 2. Yeah, and then, like if it's, a, yeah. if it's a number, I don't think it counts. It's not Led like Zeppelin, Chi- Led Chicago. Zeppelin 1, yeah. 2, 3 and 4. Chicago got up to like 37 or something, but that, yeah. that's not the You'd same You'd think thing. McCartney would have been ego-driven enough to do something like that, but I don't think he has. I feel like there's another one we're missing. I don't know. Well, let's have a think. Yeah. Um, it was well, sad. It was really sad. Um, the other sad thing, Arik, um, that happened is that, like you may have noticed tonight because we were taping this podcast from my house and um, if you look on my back deck, you would see a large circle-shaped um, indentation where once stood... Once stood the easy spa. <laughs> the late easy spa. The COVID saviour. What happened? The, the late easy spa? The, the the easy easy spa. In the Miami. The Miami, yeah, yeah. So the what, hot tub. I mean, you've right. kept that really mu- like really shush on me and what's exactly going on there? Um, look, some would say that paying five hundred dollars for a spa you should expect to not get longer than two years out of it and you know, it was springing leaks from the seals and I'd been, you know, because it's British, they have imperial-sized washers and getting imperial-sized washers in Australia is a bit difficult. So I was sort of changing over washers and I was... Is this, is this from the connection? There were the all the connections. Connection? Yeah, all the connections come and it was leaking and I was thought about ordering some imperial-sized washers from the UK and then it sort of felt like maybe that's going a bit too far and maybe it was time to sort of, you know, much like COVID, I hope, this year, yep. to pack it away and, how did and you, move did, on. How did, did you mark the moment? Like, did you, like, how did you deflate it? How, how did the whole thing happen? Well, I did look on YouTube how to deflate it and there's some sort of backwards way you can get the spa filter to, like, suck all the air out really quickly. Yeah, yep. But then it had a lot of water in there and it was, the water was getting choked up in the actual filter, so I had to stop that. And let it decompress over a number of days, which is very sad. My family weren't happy about it, but we replaced it with a table tennis table. I saw that, and that's uh, that's been the you know that's twenty twenty two. That's something. Us. That's something. I mean, it's green you know, like whatever, the grass. Whatever you need to tell yourself was. Honestly, I've heard a lot about the five hundred dollar hot tub from you guys. Oh, you're expecting to see it tonight, right? I I, I have wondered. What the end of this story is going to sound like a few times. Maybe maybe there's no such thing as a $500 hot tub if you have to... How much are the washers? Yeah, probably they're, like $400. Not, no, I think they're about... If I ordered the whole set from the UK, it was $13, but... Yeah, but there's a supply, and supply chain, supply chain yeah, issues. Yeah, that's right. I can't wait around for No, you can't, you can't wait around for supply I mean, chain issues. I mean, especially when there's a table tennis table shop just down the road. Yep. No, yeah, I, yeah. I hear that. I, I mean, look, interestingly, you say that. I wonder when your... Um, your your easy spa met its maker because um it's still w- out there it's just in my, a container. like the, I, I I mean I don't know if we spoke about it on, the, on the on the podcast but when I moved out of the house in Brunswick yours got cancelled didn't it well I left it there I just oh, left okay. it there right. and then and then there was a big party um oh. 
So it's not a functioning entity anymore. Well, it just like the party was kind of its sort of last dance. And by that point, um, I mean, it was a good party, but it had just kind of started to spring a few leaks here and there. And there was a bit of patchwork. And did you find the plastic started to smell a bit and the, weird? Oh, mate, weird? the plastic smelled so bad. Yeah. Um, you know, and we're then, probably supposed to wipe it down. No, you do need to you need to wash it oh, regularly. So you, you should be emptying it at least once every two months. Yeah, I was doing it once every year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it look like it, it it broke down and then uh, yeah, it went into hard rubbish. Like no one told me; they just said oh. it, it it's. it's hey, but gone. I think for both of us, it served a purpose in our lives. And yeah, you know. I mean, yeah, I think sometimes you just need to yeah, it yeah, it marks it marks a moment in time and. Uh, and, well, hi, and here's yeah. to here's to more aqua purchases in the future. I mean, why stop at the Easy Spa when we? Yeah, you I'm know, thinking about a shipping container pool. Actually. I was thinking about one of those, <laughs> um, like uh, I think you can get those like sauna on wheels oh, yeah. things for your backyards. Yeah, I think that could be cool. Yeah, I think I mean very Rick Rubin. Yeah, you know, have you guys seen Rick Rubin and like how he? Oh, he's got the water thing where he goes in the cold water, doesn't no, he? No, but he does this whole thing where he kind of like, he brings artists to his studio and they like talk about the record in his sauna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know, that could be a thing. Yeah, but I think he's also, they do talk about the sauna, but then they go out and jump in the ice bath. Yeah, they right? jump in the ice bath. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Ryan, welcome. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Sorry. how's it going? We derailed that conversation. No, I, I, think, I think you guys got a lot out of the inflatable hot tubs, like, Think about how long ago lockdown 1.0 was. It like it's nearly, it's nearly two years now. We all did some weird stuff to cope back then. Like we were, we were, Eric and I were talking this afternoon. Remember when all the bands were doing those like online, ISO. like ISO, ISO jams? Geeks. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. has there ever been a, like a, a model of music consumption that has dated so badly? There's going to be PhDs <laughs> about you know? the last two years. I, I can remember it was pretty early on, like maybe. April or May 2020 where I, there was a thing on TV and there were a bunch of those on and I think it was Vance Joy yep. kind of took it to the limit and I think it was the entire MSO in little boxes all <laughs> over the screen and I just turned off the TV and I thought that's it I've seen enough <laughs> of people playing music in boxes I'm sure, on a did, screen. Did you not you did one didn't you? Did you not do one? Oh hell yeah. Yeah. You but where did you did it from your living room? And other, and then I think Felix was at the State Library. Oh, that's right. How did he get there? I don't <laughs> even know. Yeah. Um. No. We. I guess. I guess. That, I mean, that would have been within the five k radius. We did. A, we did a few of those, and we did a few other ones that never really got finished. Right. I think my problem was that I just hadn't played upright for longer than I'd, I'd ever not played it before yeah. and just couldn't anymore. So yeah, yeah. Were you I, playing upright I, at your house? Yeah, I just couldn't get a take and that was kind of embarrassing and I thought, this isn't going to happen. Well, that, when yeah. I went to do that gig on New Year's Eve, I hadn't literally played my bass in about 18 months and I went. I started practising the day before. I'm like, geez, if I go too hard here, I'm going to have the biggest blisters on my fingers. So yeah. I was just like tapping them. But it's like, oh shit, you forget how to do this stuff so quickly. Well, what I... What I've learned in the last two years is that I can just stop playing bass and then if I need to get good again, it takes about two weeks. Yeah, it doesn't take long. I can get away with just doing one gig, but if I want to do more than one gig and not just have blisters, yeah, yeah. then... Yeah, yeah, you need a two-week uh, Two weeks just leading yeah. up to it. And the first day might be like play for 20 minutes and go, oh, I'm going to die, but yeah. Yeah. So what other, what other sort of like... I mean, lockdown phenomenon from that 2020 era would have there been. I guess you've got your you've got your like yeah, live streamed cool. gigs where it just seemed as though uh, you know the, you know the interesting thing is like 2020 happens and 
and like everyone does does this like lockdown thing but the, there was at that point when we needed it the technology wasn't there for that kind of real time moment and i wonder whether there's like some like you know tech guy that's like hey guess what in 2022 i've just found the software I've just I've solved it. it. I've solved the problem. You, that's what I've and been doing. You know, for two and, years. and some like um, you know um, angel investor like through twenty mil um, at, at, at the development of that software in twenty twenty two rolls around and was like, Meh. well, who owns Zoom at the time? Did that get sold? I don't know, but what a, what a, that was insane, right? Yeah, insane. Microsoft teams seem to have taken over from Zoom. No one zooms anymore, do they? Oh yeah, nah. I yeah, I, I zoom. zoom. Yeah, I don't zoom. I'm I'm a, I'm a Teams guy now. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, we digress. Well, so this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> so um, talk to us. Obviously, uh, some shows over the summer. You've been playing a lot, man. Like every time I look, you're playing with a different band. Playing with uh, all music you could score. Own, Two bands. Own Audrey Pound. Oh, oh yeah. Right? No, actually. Playing with Meltdown. Yeah, Nove- Did you go on the weekend to Sydney? No. Uh, okay. no November and December was su- like surprisingly busy, yeah. Mm. But yeah, I played with Audrey a few times. That was really fun. That I think my first gig back, it was at... This like, oh, it was like an online streaming. Yeah, I did gig. that because I played. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It yeah. was the Rockwiz. That's the right. Rockwiz people. You wasn't hooked it? me up with the, the, the amp. It's an SVT three. Oh yeah, <laughs> spread the warning. W- the warning, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that was really fun though. That was, I think, that was my first time playing with mu- music with people for about six months. And wow. Even though did it, was, it feel good? I mean, it was it was funny how when we finished a song. Nothing happened because yeah, yeah, it, it was just so a camera weird. crew there, and it was yep. just just hard to not get spooked by that. But it was still fun. Yeah. Has it come out at all? I don't know. I don't I, know I, I watched it on. I don't know if I've seen that one. It was on Twitch. Yeah, right. Oh, I think we might have done a different one. No, oh, no, you did the one we're talking about. You did with the meltdown, I think, and then I played after you on that. Not the not the one with. The That's right, but it was at the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah same thing. So you did the the Audrey Pound stuff, the Meltdown stuff, obviously the Cat Empire, um, my music bowl shows. The that last time. The last time. <laughs> the last time that got last to see that. Again. That was a great show. Loved that. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was I guess in that just moment where a gig could happen, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and what else? I guess I um, just trying to think other kind of you know in. in I mean, you could let him tell us. I mean, or you could. No, no, I, I, I could speculate. Shut up. No, you're right. I, I want to hear the end of the sentence. <laughs> oh no, I was going to speak about the um, the Barbie um, graveyard, but uh, like that just seemed like too much of an joke. But we, we might get to that later. We'll get to the that official, later. Unofficial podcast sponsor. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, look, it's great to have you here, Ryan. Um, it is. Uh, it's yeah. You know, we love. It's it's almost like I oh. guess you were here. In, you were here in an early, like a, a January, February episode last year. So it's just. Gets itself on the right foot. Yeah, yeah. I each think you year. was. I think you were the first for last year as yeah, well. Yeah, that's right. Sets the tone. Sets, sets, the, sets tone. the low bar, and then we uh, we work up from there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, look, let's get into it, shall we? Let's get into it. So, uh, look, each um, each week on the All Music Is Good podcast, we uh, do uh, a. I, I, I might put you up there. It's not each week, literally. Like, it's sorry, literally each, each fortnight uh, to three each weeks. Four, each days. fortnight to three weeks. Yeah. We <laughs> we run a segment on the All Music Is Good podcast. Which is titled the Instagram Like of the Week. So Waza, why don't you take us away on um, this week's Instagram Like of the Week and explain to our you know wonderful listeners what the hell this is all about? Well, thank you, Eric. Uh, it would be my pleasure. Um, Instagram Like of the Week is a segment that celebrates a new Instagram account we've come across between episodes. Might be a former tennis prodigy turned heavy metal drummer, or a wildlife crusader who married a professional wakeboarder. But you can be sure someone who will add it out to our rich 
and varied Instagram account we follow here at the All Music Is Good podcast. Each week I invite Arik and our celebrity guests this week, Ron Munro, to guess who this mystery count may be. Now we're going to swap this up this year, I think, Arik, am I, I think you might do this next week, week, but as we reiterate each time we do this show, it's not about the amount of likes our account gets, nor will it ever be, Arik. It's more about the honour one should and no doubt would feel from having your music is good Instagram account like them. So guys, this week's Instagram like of the week was born on the 1st of November, 1945 at the Kerrang Bush Nursing Hospital to parents, Keith and Shirley. He grew up in Quambatook. <laughs> Funnily enough, this is bizarre when I re- researched this today because this is near where I grew up. I used to play tennis against Quambatook. Can I just, can I just like shoot? I think Molly, Meldrum, Molly Meldrum's also from Quambatook. Is it George Negus? No. Oh, wow. Well, I'm just thinking that that era and was his interests. Um, yeah, so it's not Molly Meldrum and it's not George Negus. Um, so Quambatook's in the Mallee district of northwestern Victoria. His parents farmed wheat crops on various small landlots in the region. And both were amateur performing artists singing in the local Gilbert and Sullivan productions. He's the oldest of five sons whose names in order are William, Robin, Peter and Jeff. Wait, did you include his name? No, because okay. I said five and uh, they have four <laughs> names. Yeah, so that would be pretty stupid okay. if I did that. Yeah. Um, second clue, he learned to play the ukulele age seven and guitar age 12. He attended the prestigious Scotch College in Melbourne before returning home to take up farming. The family then moved to the town of Cropper's Creek near Moree. Moree? Is that in New South Wales or Victoria? New South Wales. All right, so we're definitely going. Okay, we're yeah, we definitely are going. That's correct. We're going. We're going. No, we're just going. I mean, this, this is a regional story. This is like speaking to your Kahuna roots, isn't it? I guess so. I wasn't meant to be when I started. Anyway, do you want me to give you another clue? Yeah. In 1969, he wrote a novelty song, which he decided to perform on the television show New Faces. Surprisingly, going on. Joe to- Dolce. Surprisingly, going on. No, surprisingly, going on to win first place. The song was released and peaked at number three on the national charts, being certified gold. An album was then recorded and released, which totally bombed, selling less than 2,000 copies. In 1969. Yeah. 69, okay. On New Faces. Yeah. Did Bert host New Faces? Uh, surely not in 1969. There's in no in the 80s he did, yeah. Yeah. But it was yeah. like the comeback of New but Faces. I never got New Faces because I always... Red Faces was just such a better model. Well, Red Faces <laughs> was obviously yeah. a take on New Faces. Right, right. Yeah. okay. Jesus, why didn't anyone ever explain that to me? Okay. Um, was it w- anything to do with Red Simons or just being embarrassed or both? Or, or did they get Red Simons in because his name is Red Simons? Red Faces, yeah. Oh, my God. So so many angles. <laughs> um, <laughs> the angles. Um, he would often play gigs performing the hit song three times in the set. He then joined a country music band called Crow, which toured the country before they changed their name to Sydney Radio, becoming a rock reggae tinged band that would what? dress up as clowns on stage. What era was this? Um, this is the early eighties. Surprisingly, Crow, enough, Crow, Crow was a was an indie Melbourne band. Oh uh, no, in the seventies. Okay, Crow. Um, so the uh, yeah, surprisingly enough, the um, the rock reggae tinged band that would dress up as clowns um, disbanded shortly afterwards. Which is absolutely unheard of. Okay, so he's in his late thirties now, and yeah. he's in a rock and he's in a rock reggae band, and, and he's he just had, had a novelty hit in nineteen sixty nine. Yeah, and yeah. he was born okay. in nineteen forty five. Wow. He went on to become a solo artist, and he has an Instagram account. 
Yeah, he does. That's the surprising <laughs> part about yeah. all this, yeah. But he went on to become a solo artist shortly afterwards, and to date he's released over 50 albums, 10 videos, 5 DVDs, 2 lyric books, and has sold more than 4 million albums in Australia. John Farnham? No. 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 Because like, you'll be leaving out a lot of his bio if, if that was him. Okay. No, not yet. Okay, okay. Um, he was made a member of the Order of Australia with the citation for service to Australian country music and in stimulating awareness of conservation issues. It's not Slim Dusty because that would be too old. Well, he's dead. And, and he's dead. And he had 100 albums. Yeah. Um, so it's Australian country music icon. He's received 26 golden guitar trophies. Uh, he's won three ARIA music Tommy awards. Emmanuel. No. And in 2010 was inducted into the ARIA Hall of Fame. And I'll give you my last clue, Eric. His best known song is sung by the Australian cricket team after every victory. I have no idea. It goes like this. Hey, Drew Blue. Oh, John Williamson. John John Williamson. Williamson. Good work, Ryan Monroe. Well, I started singing his most famous song that sold like... (laughs) Millions of coffee, <laughs> Australian. And he had his first hit in 1969. So yeah. he'd probably be and, oh, the it's most. called Old Man Emu, which is uh, the Wiggles do, I think. And uh, I think Rolf Harris covered it. Um, right. Can I ask, did he also compose the ABC themes music, John Williamson? No, I think, he, no. I mean, there is two John Williamsons. The, um, guy, that, the guy that's like the, um, yeah, but, um, what's the ABC theme song? I don't even remember. I don't know which da one. Da da one. Da 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 oh, the news da one. Da 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 the one that... The, no. Well, no, it played like... It plays in every market um, 12 times a day. Don't know. That wasn't in the fun facts. Okay. So he could have. He could not have. Maybe, I need to remember the song now. Maybe... Uh, I mean, Ryan's here, so he doesn't know. So you won't research it. But maybe Kumar can look it up and yeah, yeah. get back to us. Get Kumar into the case. Um... John Williamson. I thought it was a good one, man. Great one. And he and what's going on in his Instagram account? Oh, don't do this. <laughs> made me realise that I, I don't know that much about him other than... He's a legend. True Blue. Yeah, True yeah. Blue. That's right. I don't know any of that other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah interesting. Um, Kwamba Took Farmer made good. It's funny how that bio didn't really make any mention of his country music <laughs> career other than he's, you know, got it, an order of Australia for it. But yeah. And that he was in a joke, um, joke rock reggae band where they dressed <laughs> as clowns. <laughs> I wonder if there's any YouTube footage. I mean, how did, is that, was that on a Wikipedia search? Uh, yeah. Yep. That's, that's so, so it's, I guess it's is a it true? known fact. <laughs> it must be true. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> I spoke with one of the members of Sydney Radio this morning just to sort of, you know, clarify. That, that is indeed a fact. Just to be on the safe side, I, I edited every article on Wikipedia this morning <laughs> just to plant some stuff. You put some clowns into every Got busy. article. It's a busy, busy morning. <laughs> anyway, uh, welcome to uh, the All Music is Good podcast Instagram account, or uh, we're liking him. We're liking him. Quite soon in our next break, which will be about now, I think, Eric. So we'll have a quick break and then we'll get back into it with tonight's first album. Okay. 
Okay, first album of the of the new year, and it's not uh, this year's album. It's, it was came out in late December, I believe. Um, so does it count? Who cares? I mean, I think you got to review this album because it's Adele, and uh, the album's titled Thirty, um, keeping with uh, her uh, whatever chronological age of releasing albums. So, born in London in 1988. Hold God. on, let's do some maths there. So what so, did she do? Hang on a second, 30. She was born in 1988. That doesn't work, does it? No. Okay, no. carry on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, so born in London in 1988. Adele Laurie Blue Adkins first made an impression in 2009 when her demo landed her deal with XL Recordings. She toured as an opening act for Jack. Is it Jack Panay? Panat? P-E-N-A-T-E? And graduated to headlining status by the end of 2007, thanks to BBC Radio 1 playing her single Daydreamer. Another song, Hometown Glory, was also released as a single on Jamie T's label Pacemaker, an appearance alongside Paul McCartney and Bjork on BBC Two television show Later with Jules Holland. That's a good score. Came next, and a recording contract with XL Recordings was finalised soon afterwards. Early 2008 brought similar luck as Adele found herself atop the BBC's new music talent list, which was compiled from votes of 150 music critics. That same January, XL issued a new single, Chasing Pavements, along with her debut album, 19. The title reflected Adele's age. <laughs> Which was recorded in what year? <laughs> I don't know. What, what year did they say? Well, it better be... 2008. Yes, that is right. 2009. Okay. Oh, no. At 20. Like, she probably recorded that's the fair, That's fair. That's yeah, fair. That's fair. So, well, yeah, in essence, she might have recorded 30 in 2018. Yeah. Maybe she, her next five albums will be called 30, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> the title reflected Adele's age at the time. Blah, I've said that. In 2009, Adele won Grammy Awards for Best New Artist and Best Female Pop Vocal Performance. Her sophomore album, 21, featured the gospel and disco-infused single Rolling in the Deep. I wouldn't call it disco-infused. But hey, if All Music says it's disco-infused, I'm going to go with it. Shout out to All Music for our buyers. All Music is good. Uh, yeah. That's right. So much synergy. I wonder if they get paid. I wonder if we could get in on that. Anyway. <laughs> was released in February of 2011. The album proved to be both a critical and commercial success, becoming one of the longest-running number one albums in history, spending over 18 weeks at top. The glow of 21's success was dimmed somewhat when Adele was forced to cancel her tour after suffering a hemorrhage on her vocal cords, undergoing surgery for the ailment in 2011. That same month, she released a concert DVD live at the Royal Albert Hall. Both Adele and 21 received many end-of-year honours. As album sales began to creep closer towards 10 million copies, she won six Grammy Awards, one of the few artists in history to accomplish the feat in one night. Who else would have won six? Lauren Hill won a lot. Michael Jackson would have won six in one night. Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses. Maybe I reckon um, Garth Brooks. Oh, maybe Garth Brooks, yeah. 100%. And, um, and, uh, and Kanye? Uh, I'll tell you who else. What was her name? She always went Bonnie Raitt. Bonnie Raitt would have won, won six <laughs> no, in, I don't six think in so. a night. No way. Um, Kanye, what do you want a heap? No, no Beyonce? Way. Beyonce? Like Grammys? Yeah. No fucking chance. What about Beyonce? Has never won album of the year. She would never win six in a night. That's why Kanye was so upset. Yeah. That's right. Oh, so that, Taylor Swift might have won six. No, maybe. no, that was MTV Music Awards. Oh, right. Yeah, but I'm not talking about that, but Taylor Swift would have won a heap of Grammys, yeah? Mm, not in one night. Hmm. Well, we'll have to get back to you on that. I reckon I'll tell you who would have won six in one night. The three tenors. Mm. Two each. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um... 
In 2012, Adele announced that she had recorded the theme to the 23rd James Bond film Skyfall, produced by Paul Epworth. song. Oh, do you reckon? Yeah. And recorded at the prestigious Abbey Road Studios. Single entered the top 10 of both the UK and single charts in the Billboard Hot 100. Keep going. In the summer of 2015, reports of an imminent third album started to surface, and in October, the rumours were confirmed by Adele and her label. Its first single, Hello, debuted at number one in both the US and UK becoming the first song to sell over a million downloads in its first week of release. That probably just happens all the time now, isn't it? Although that would have been downloads, would have been paid downloads. Paid paid iTunes downloads. Yeah, yeah. Um, what a song, just like, just for a second. That song. Yeah, that, that song is pretty incredible. Um, 25 went on to become the Billboard 200 in the 200 for 10 weeks. Took home album, the song, and record oh, of the year. Hey, we missed something there. What year 25, did twenty five come out? Two thousand fifteen. So yeah, it's it pretty close. close. Yeah, yeah, it's probably okay. twenty seven. Yeah. It, I mean, it's it's yeah. plausible that it took two years to like write, record, and put out. Yeah. yeah. And um, as well as best pop solo performance and pop vocal. Jeez, that's a lot. Following several years of relative quiet, Adele resurfaced in October 2020 to host an episode of Saturday Night Live. A year later, she issued the single Easy On Me, Ooh. the first offering from her fourth album, November 2021, 30, featuring production input from familiar faces, Greg Kirsten, Max Martin. We can go on because I, I will get to this in a second, so I might hold some fire there. Um, and basically uh, focused on themes of separation and parenthood. All right, so I'll, I'll go if that's okay. Yeah, I have talked different. a lot already, but um, I think people like the dulcet tones of my voice. Um, I found this to be a really interesting album. That's what, um, <laughs> that's what the evaluation forms. <laughs> <laughs> the evaluation subcommittee. forms we said. <laughs> subcommittee has come back. Dulcet tones. <laughs> um, I found this really interesting, this album, on like a myriad of levels. Um, so... Where do you start? So I'm going to start with like a consensus. I think what will be a consensus um, topic and that's her voice. Her voice is insane. Like I, I think like like the phrasing, like the, the rhythmic delivery, like the tone, like it's just as good as it gets, I reckon. Like it's Can I just like, I, I don't want to cut your lunch here because I know you're about to go, but like, you know, I was listening to that, to the song Easy On Me, um, the, you know, on the way over and... <clears throat> you know, I don't mean to like, you know, I don't want to like uh, do a sacrilegious performance of of that vocal line, but but the way she sings, "Easy on me," which is a four syllable, a four syllable phrase, and she makes it go over, like two and a half bars, a four syllable phrase over two and a half bars. We of like you couldn't think of a like just a, a stiffer four syllables to croon over and she does it effortlessly yeah. and it, it's like an, an immediate hit and it, it, she that, could sing anything basically and she I would could love sing it. anything like it would just it's such an insanely beautiful voice and 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 you know the interesting thing is like when like the big the big early songs like what was that one the disco one that's not a disco song oh rolling in the deep rolling in the deep yeah. and there was another big song oh, on the, that, um, um, what's the one um uh, can't the, remember the one, yeah, the big that big song from that record, and yeah, then yeah. and and hello, they're all like they're belters, yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're big they're bold epic. belters, yeah. And I I remember going like that's what they're I power ballads, but that's what I boxed Adele into, yeah, me and too. I, and 
without going yeah, into the review yeah, straight let's, away. Let's not, let's not then. Well, no, no, I'm gonna, but uh, but just flagging and talking about her voice. Like I think what she does here is a, is a pivot yeah, yeah. and a showcase. Um, well, let's go through through a track in track list order. Like so, that first track, "Strangers by Nature." Like I thought, it felt like a song that could have been off a Disney soundtrack. It, yeah, mm. there was there like, was like something Disney about it for me too. But I, I realized what was going on was functional harmony like you, you're just not mm. used to hearing that in music that comes out now like mm. it was like a what is functional harmony oh like um like it was like like chord changes like from you know a, a, like a some, something from the real book or something yeah. like yeah sure i was just listening to that and it had like the harmony part of my brain just going crazy like yeah, trying right. to figure out what the chords were and, and i just thought there are people who just complained that Pop songs don't have interesting chords anymore, and yeah. they used to, like with Burt Bacharach and um, uh, some of the Carpenters songs. Like there was really heavy harmony going on, but people complained that that never happens anymore. Anyway, here it is. Yeah. It's all in this song. Yeah. yeah. It, if it hadn't have been Adele singing it, though, I'm not sure how it would have gone. Like it could have really been like I was thinking about the musical um, Moana. Um, I don't right. know if you saw it. And what they did was that they had the song in the movie and then they got like a, a pop artist to re-record it with a bit more of a, a a changing remix. And so like I, it sort of felt like, I don't know why I brought that up for, but um, it's, it's, <laughs> it's interesting to see what they're doing with musicals now, which they would have done ages ago, like people re-recording songs of musicals. To sort of give them a to try and make them hit in a different market. I'm not saying that's what they would have done here, but, but just the there, was something, of it. there was something t- totally kind of fantastical and Disney about yeah. that. And then about the, that intro, but it's interesting whether that's like were they refer- were they trying to like reference that as a moment in time, or was it let's write a cool song with heaps of harmonic changes? Well, it's, it's it it was a bit dreamy, wasn't it? But because it, then it, sorry, go I don't know. It's all right. It's I think it was really tasteful. Though. I just think we're only used to hearing that many chords in something from Disney now. It's yeah. just, it's it's so <laughs> at, r- rare to get something like this on a massive pop record, I think. It did work. Um, and the roads at the end was gorgeous. And mm. then, I, you know, she finished by saying, right, I'm ready. So I was like, you know, right, I'm ready to go. And then we went straight into um, the, the, the most Adele moment of the album, which you just were talking about. Um, and it's the power ballad. Um, and it just, it, like it just it just brings you right back to all of the dizzying heights of hello. Yeah, totally. And it, look, li- it's not quite hello, but it's pretty close. I'm listening to it going, fucking, you wrote hello and you're coming now this? Yeah, yeah. Like, how do you have two of those in you, you did, know? And she's you know got what, more. You know what it reminded me of, that song? It reminded me of Drops of Jupiter by a train. Oh. <laughs> it had that na-na-na, like da 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 it just it, there's something so drops of Jupiter about that song, but not not in a bad way because that's awesome that song like that's so catchy that's like a karaoke winner. Do you think just really quickly going back to that first song, whether or like because her her daughter shows up in the record as uh, we hear we'll, we'll get there we'll we get will get there but I'm just wondering whether that kind of Disney esque maybe for reference her. Yeah. is like a bit of a, a moment because maybe she's it, been watching a whole lot of kids movies yeah maybe she was watching Moana yeah also the producer was that guy Ludwig. Oh, was it Ludwig? Ludwig or Ludwig or yeah. whatever? Yeah, yeah. the guy Goranson, and he—he's a film guy. He really is a Disney guy. Like yeah. he did the music for um, the uh, uh, 
Mandalorian. Yeah. Yes. Oh wow. Uh, he's, yeah. He's, he's doing. He's like the guy right now. There's like. But he also like, he also did all of um, Childish Gambino's yeah, stuff. And, and so Community also. He did, yeah, Community. Yeah, I mean, yeah. ha- wow. How many hats has this guy got? Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Swedish. Probably the same amount of hats as Max Martin. Max Martin doesn't need a hat. No, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> he just got his own hat. Never goes outside. He's too busy. He's in the <laughs> yeah, studio. Totally. Um, look, so that that was the Adele moment of the album. Go easy. Like it was, it was, it was brilliant. It was, it was Adele being like uber Adele. It was amazing. And then we get to what I'm sort of calling the Gil Scott Heron <laughs> '70s style, my my little love, and straight away like it's playing, and I'm thinking this is very Cleo Soul, and. How cool would it be if Inflow could produce the album, like an Adele album, like not knowing what was happening, and you know, the, I reckon that he was wasn't. He wasn't. No, on, he, he wasn't, wasn't on this on that one. Track. No, no, no. But it sounded the sound of it and the mix of it was just so, and it was so good. Um, and look, I think that was done with uh, Greg Kirsten that that song, which he, and he does all her big big hits. And so, look, this this song was the first talking point to me, and. I found the conversation with her kid to be really confronta- confrontational. Like, um, it was like to me it was so intimate that I felt uncomfortable listening to it. Is that the one uh, where she's felt, talking about like mummy's hungover and like you know mummy loves you but you know she's not feeling good and yeah. and it it kind of felt like a conversation that I'm overhearing but I'm not supposed to be listening to. Like you know when yeah you, yeah and I don't know whether it's because I'm a parent and like that it was it was. Just uncomfortable to listen to, and like I, I don't know. What did you, what did you guys reckon? Didn't didn't have the same thoughts. Oh, uh, I I I kind of listened to that, and there's something I guess when you're when you're someone like Adele, and, and so much of your even though she's kind of stays a little like quite a bit out of the public eye, you definitely know that she's got a daughter. You definitely know that the, you know the the time between records has to do with parent, like you know becoming totally. a mum, all that sort of stuff. Those moments to me feel overstated. So I feel like that's a backstory that even if you weren't listening to the record, you kind of already know. Hmm. Maybe it's a reclamation of that story. I don't know. But um, I, I think Adele is very grounded. Like seeing, you know, watching interviews with her in the past, like she's just a very normal, grounded person who, you know, I think she would talk about the warts and all stuff about her life. You know, that's just who she is. And yeah. I don't. I don't think it's bad in context. I don't think it's done for any reason other than, you know, that's what that's who she, she, is. she is. But I still felt uncomfortable listening to it. Well, I think that she's that honest in her songs as well. Like it's all about what she's going through and this, yeah. it, it, what you're getting totally who who she is and nothing else, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Look, it was, regardless, it was powerful. Like, But the musical palette... <coughs> on that track was freaking awesome. And the string outro, I loved it so much. Uh, um, yeah, um, I, I, I wrote down after that song, this album is 10 out of 10 so far. Yeah, yeah like, it I, was... It's, I, I, and the song before that I wrote, it's pretty hard to fault this. Yeah. Like, it's just perfect, yeah. Uh, well, and it didn't stop because then we went into that UK soul dance hall vibe of Cry Your Heart Out, which Woo! we heard just before. And that real... Amy Winehouse vibes, I thought. Like, it was very UK, Daptone meets Daptone meets Amy Winehouse. And, and I was just thinking, wow, this is, like, a really different direction for Adele. And I really liked it. And, like, it sort of felt current and old and 
Adele all at the same it's time. It felt very. It felt the whole thing felt Adele the whole time. Yeah. which is pretty. It's a pretty awesome thing when you're playing with so many different genres. Like to that, like I kind of thought a few times as I was listening, I was like, oh yeah, I wonder if this is what if this is the thing Lana Del Rey was going for, but it's Adele doing it really well. Like she kind of touched on the cool things, like the cool sounds, the cool genres, the cool like nostalgic aesthetics yeah yeah retro but, just, but completely owned it and it wasn't just this like pastiche kind of attempt at things it was entirely an adele record yeah yeah she you was know? she it was her all over it yeah and i really loved the harmony choice on the on that cry your heart out like it was just really nice harmony and like so we four songs in i'm like i can't believe i'm so into this like this is just gold as you said 10 out of 10 are and then we got to track five and like it, it definitely kept going with the the genre change, and it had it was more modern. And you know, looking at the the numbers, it's got 155 million plays on Spotify. But uh, track five, track five. Oh my god, yeah. But it didn't didn't hit for me. It just felt a bit too simplistic, and that was sort of you know I didn't really I thought it was okay. Like it, it was still fine, but after what we'd had for those first four songs. Um, just a little bit off the mark. And then we get to the Max Martin produced Can I Get It? Oh, man. Do, I don't know. Is this a talking point? But call me cynical. But this just felt like a pure grab for a hit and it felt lazy. The, to uh, me, this felt like a pure hit and I was having such a good time uh, hearing it for the first time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, it just it felt like it was supposed to be a hit, but I'm like going, this feels like it's trying too hard to be a hit. Like predictable beat, Ed Sheeran style sort of guitar breakdown, a whistle hook. Hold on a minute. So which part of the three kinds of choruses before the choruses <laughs> yeah. felt predictable to you was? <laughs> it's like everything sounds like a chorus, but you know what? It's not. The chorus hasn't even happened yet. And when it and when it does happen, it's just whistling. There's no chorus. I didn't like it. The only chorus is there is no chorus. It was yeah. weird. Oh, I, I had a great time with it and just that um <laughs> that kind of bait and switch with like making you think the chorus is happening yeah, yeah. and then you realize it's not and then you you think oh it's about to happen then it doesn't it cuts to guitar again yeah, where yeah. are we yeah. <laughs> who knows who can get away with that max martin <laughs> I, I don't know no, and, I, and, I loved you it also you, wonder, you, okay that's good and just like you know just quickly you, you've got your you know i arguably max martin's you know one like the biggest hit maker on the planet and adele is the person that's probably had the biggest hits on the planet and they're in the studio and they're trying to craft the ultimate hit. Yeah, totally. I've got right? the best singer in the world right now. I've got to give her all the best right? stuff. Now, we're gonna we're gonna craft the ultimate hit, yeah. and the way we're gonna do it is you're not gonna know when the chorus hits, and then it's gonna hit. Imagine the feeling that they both shared with their pedigree when they're like, "Yeah, let's let's do that." Like, like, what's sort the, of like, well, who else is big? Ed Sheeran's big. Let's put in like an Ed Sheeran guitar, and got to have a whistle hook. I mean, whistle hooks are big. <laughs> when I, I walked into your house whistling that and you thought I was whistling regulate. <laughs> Does sound a regulate's a far better song, I would say. I'm glad I was thinking of regulate. Oh. Uh, isn't regulate um Earth Wind and Fire? Who is it? Who's the sample? Uh, there's a few in there, but the, I mean there's the um Michael McDonald. Oh yeah, Michael McDonald. Keep forgetting. Right. But then yeah, yeah, the whistling yeah, yeah. thing is from something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Definitely Michael McDonald. Um Anyway, we can agree to disagree on that one. I yeah. Drink Wine was the second sort of Adele-esque song on the album. And, you know, you know why that works because 
when she just plays piano and sings, it, it works to start off with. But like it was so it was interesting to me because that track and Easier Me, I, I Drink Wine, very similar. And it was supported by bass and kick, but no drums. And the kick was just playing Easy on Me or? Both Easy on Me and I Drink Wine. And like you expect the drums to come in at mm. some stage and then they didn't. And it was just bass and kick. Well, it's just Greg Kirsten just hitting the best kick drum you've yeah, ever heard in your kick life. Sample. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. No, I, well. I oh, know he plays all the instruments, doesn't he? Yeah, he let's plays, have a look. Oh my god, have you seriously got the CD? Uh, oh the, my god. Just for the audience, I've pulled the CD out of my bag. And Wait, I'm, which CD? This is the the is Adele it? album. Oh, you bought the CD? I, yes. Wow. Is that so hard to believe? Where? From where? What year is it? Um, From I, JB Hi-Fi? Just to try something different for this episode, I went to JB Hi-Fi and bought all the albums on oh, the CD. Wow. And then... Is that to do with the Spotify um, Joe Rogan stuff? I wish it was, but... Um, I mean, I'm going to sound like a bit of a hipster, but I stopped using Spotify about a week before it was cool. So, oh, I thought we were going to no, say a week before it got cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I at the start of the year, I, I went, I went for a walk, and I ended up at readings, and I ended up flicking through CDs, and I bought a CD, and I went home and listened to it, not quite knowing if I was going to like it or not, and I thought. I remember this. I used yeah. to do this 20 years ago even when I was completely broke. I could always find $30 for an album I wasn't sure if I was going to like. And I just realized it's so much more fun than looking for something to listen to on Spotify totally. and getting distracted by all the other music in the world. Did, so, can I ask you, did you find that you listened to it more as a CD? Like because it, it was just the thing in your CD player? Yeah. I mean, do you even definitely do you have a CD player? Yeah, I've got a few. In um, your car or in yeah, the house? Uh, in, in the house as well. But um, part of my ranking is going to be how much of a shit did they give about the people who are buying the CD. Mm. And Adele gets 10 out of 10 because there's full lyrics and credits for everything wow. and stuff you don't get on Wikipedia. It's great. So the reason I pulled this out of my bag is... Where are we up to? I drink wine. I okay. Drink wine. So, who played on it? Vocals by Adele. Yes. Bass, drums, Hammond, Mellotron. No way. Piano, as well. Percussion and Rhodes <sighs> by Greg Kirsten. The Hammond at the in the outro is awesome. Mm. He plays everything. Wow. You, you know who Greg Kirsten is? Who is he? Uh, Geggy Tar. What's that? Okay, do you remember that that song on Triple J in the mid nineties? Like, um, whoever you are. All I want to do is to thank you, even no, though I no, don't no, know no, no, who no, you no. are. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, that, that's Greg Kirsten. He kind of made a few leaps from there to being a super producer wow. who plays everything. Wow. So, yeah. Okay, so... Um, that was a bit of a, uh, a, a detour, wasn't it? No, no, that's but, fine. No, Good that's detour. A... Thanks for pulling this out. <laughs> um, I, I can't believe you got Animal Collective in when it came out on Friday, so you went and got it on the weekend. I... <laughs> Well, I went to JB Hi-Fi on Thursday and I was looking through the Animal Collective section and there was nothing there and I realised I'd have to come back to JB Hi-Fi the next day. <laughs> yeah. Um, moving on, points for most obscure sample pairing with the 40s and 50s jazz piano legend Errol Garner. A state saying thank you very much. Uh, or, more, or probably more likely the company that um, owns his back catalogue. Um, so the cynic in me says again, maybe the Errol Garner catalogue was just purchased by Adele's label recently. What do you That's, reckon? Wow. Uh, <laughs> um, Is that being too cynical? All I could find out about this, because I'm not reading Wikipedia, I'm just reading the liner notes, is that 
This is a sample of a track that sampled Errol Garner. So ah, okay. It says it's produced by Greg Kirsten and Joey Pecoraro, and it includes a sample of Joey Pecoraro's I'll thing. I think about Joe Picaro from uh, Toto. <laughs> um, what I don't understand about this one is it says interlude after it, and on the way down here, I was just saying to Eric, this song goes for two and a half minutes. It's a complete song. Why is it an interlude? Yeah. What is an interlude? It's just a song. Anyway, yeah. So things started getting weird for me when Woman Like Me started. I'm thinking, yeah, this is okay. It feels a bit filler. Is this when Inflow shows up? And I bring up the credits and All Music Is Good, favourite producer of the past two years, Inflow, mm, is yeah. on production duty. And, ri- like, and writing duty. Really? I was like... For the rest of the album except for one, I think, yeah. Yeah, I just literally thinking, I hadn't read anything about it, that huh, listening to that um, track earlier with the Gil Scott Heron style track, would I oh mean Inflow would, be, would rule if he worked with Adele? That would be amazing. Like this would really work. And then five songs later, there he is. Um, but the song was a bit so-so. Like I, didn't, I agree. Really didn't do much. And and I thought the last three songs, which I think Inflow had something to do with, yeah, were also nice enough, but didn't really bring didn't, the album didn't home. Hit the mark. Yeah. But can I just say this? Like just in terms of like, you know, we've been such a big fan of his work. Yeah. And it's just a kind of cool thing that like he's been, I mean, I'm sure he's been doing way more stuff than we've ever, we know about anyways, mm. but like from the stuff that reaches our ears, he's got kind of this progression. It's starting to get critical acclaim. And then the biggest artist in the world is like, you know what? He is the fucking best. Yeah, yeah. And I want him to produce my record. And it's just a cool thing to see. Like, I don't feel like, like some people are like, it's a hot name. Let's get this hot name. Yeah. But with him, like, you know, she's gone Greg Kirsten, top of his game. Well, I mean, the dude you know, Max is Martin, top of his game. Top of his game. Yeah. Info, top of his game. And it's pretty cool that he's now in that league, you know? That's, that's a pretty cool thing. Look, I went into listening to this album with zero expectations and to have five songs that I was just like, these is, this is awesome. Like, I came out of this being really happy. Um, and I think, like, she's got a platform. To like really sort of go on a genre a genre journey like with some of the songs there, um, yeah, my little love and cry your heart out. I love both those tracks and also obviously the uh, the Adele yeah. Ripper, the um, easy on me, easy, easy on, on me. me. So you know, it was there's some really amazing moments on it, and just listening to her voice for 50 minutes was just joyful. And can I also add just here, just looking through the things, it's not that she hasn't written 12 radio singles like. No. There's a few singles in there and then there are just a heap of album tracks. You know, the average running time of the, of the tracks on this record are over five minutes, which is, again, like for a mega, like the biggest pop release of the year, pretty interesting. Mm. Of last year. Yeah. Of last year. Yeah. Um, um, it's, it's interesting how Oh My God was like track five was one of the ones that makes you think, oh, Inflow must have done this one, but he didn't. That was yeah. Greg Kirsten. Yeah. But then the Greg Kirsten th- one sounded like Inflow. Then the three Inflow ones, I, I don't know. They didn't, didn't, sound like they didn't really do it for me. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure what Maybe. went on in the room, but yeah, I mean, those his, those three that Inflow worked on kind of came across a bit naff and kind of Richard Courtesy. I, yeah. I don't know. I, Greg Kirsten out Inflowed Inflow. Do you reckon like, maybe yeah. it's and one of those things where like, you know, I mean, I don't know the ages of all of these people, but assuming that Inflow's the new kid on the block in the production team, mm. so Greg Kirsten, he's like he doesn't need to prove a point. No. He doesn't need to do an Adele song. 
So he's just like, yeah, you're digging the info vibe. Let's do like a kind of like a clear souls kind yeah, of song. Yeah, he would have, so, and then he right, would totally right, nailed it, right? And he's nailed it because he's gone. Yeah. And then info's coming in, going, oh, well, I'm fucking doing an Adele record. I've maybe got to, I've, I've got to I've make an Adele I've record. Got to, I've got to make an Adele song. Yeah, yeah, maybe but, but with a bit of a bit of the thing I do. So he might have, he might not have flexed as hard yeah. because he's not. He, like he's with a different team maybe take, yeah I would you know? su- I wouldn't be surprised if that was the thing but like <laughs> just to see you, that's exactly what would have happened they would have <laughs> yeah. gone oh I love this Adele's like I love this Cleo soul I love, stuff I love this Cleo no, soul no, stuff let's make it let's yeah. make something like her he's like fuck it let's easy. get inflow do the same thing yeah. and then Greg Curse is like no, it's cool it's cool I reckon I can do it no, no, he would have got he would have done it and then they would have found out like halfway through oh even flow can do some songs on the album it's like did, I've already done it I've already did, done him did you say even flow yeah, yeah, yeah I was gonna say hopefully <laughs> Even because yeah. that's going to be my new producer name. Eddie Vedder can do the album now. Eddie Vedder can do it. <laughs> I um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got Jeff Armet to come and give you bass Jeff on that Matt, reggae song. Get him in. <laughs> anyway, so I, um, I've, I've talked a lot now. No, I think look, you've, the you've dulcet tones have I've done. Now. You've said a good platform. I look, I'm, I'm happy to pass. I think I've kind of butted enough to was. Was there anything you wanted to add to the album, Ryan? Yeah, I I tried yes. to look up um. Who else has used Inflow? And it says Inflow is used by accountants in more than 120 countries. <laughs> it's embraced by progressive accountants globally. There's there never been a better time to join our team to make your mark on the future of accounting. And I realise that Inflow means a lot of things. So. Inflow does, but he's also worked with the Kooks, um, and the, he's like the he's like the East, he's the London guy. Everyone's yeah. hiring him. Um, I've I've mostly heard about him listening to your podcast, but um. Yeah, I he, uh, you're right though. Like Inflow was trying to make an Adele track, and Greg was just let let's just make some awesome music here. Yeah. So yeah. and and also another thing is it's Adele and Inflow. It's London on London. It's too much London. Yeah. That's why I is felt. Is Greg an American? Oh yeah. So London and LA, and you get you get something you get different. The magic. London but and normally... Sweden, you get you know what you get. <laughs> Normally a positive yeah. and negative make a negative though, but like two positives should make positive. I was double London is why I felt like I was watching Love Actually listening to those three <laughs> tracks, and it's um, and two of them had the same kind of major descending chord progressions, and I, I just wrote down, didn't I just hear this? So, yeah, I I don't know. I think it must have been a lot of uh, like a big step up to you know, whoa, I'm doing an Adele record. It's, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, what else? Is it? What, are, what other thoughts? What other comments from that book? Uh, <laughs> while I was listening to this, I came up with my criteria for whether the CD packaging is good. Number one, <laughs> yes. The na- at the very minimum, I think a CD should have the name of the artist and the album on the spine, and this one does. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. It says Adele thirty tick. Okay, great. put it in the shelf. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah, read yeah, it. Yeah, 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 I get that. Don't I'm you reckon with this, CDs um, they this should tactile? I'm loving the, the just the tactileness of this moment, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, with um, with well, you guys <laughs> acted like you'd never seen a CD before. <laughs> what? What is this thing? What? How did you? Where did you get it? Uh, uh, you know, interestingly, with inflation and everything, this is priced at nineteen ninety nine. I know that's another reason because I wanted to actually buy the album and then listen to it, but. Here you go, Wazzy. You can have a look at this. Thing. I couldn't it's find plus, anywhere plus online man. that I could buy it digitally that would be the same price or cheaper than this. The CD is actually cheaper than buying it on Cobuzz, which is totally weird because the cost of producing a digital file yeah. for someone to download is literally nothing. nothing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What are the costs of 
like pressing CDs. I mean, you putting it in a warehouse. You've been on the the um, <laughs> shipping it across the world. No, you've been on the imprint like you oh, know yeah. CD production calculator page. You know how much this costs. <laughs> but yeah, somehow this is twenty bucks, and I guess it's because no one's buying them. But it's can you get like Can't special packages? You know, in, well. um, you know when uh, when oh, you get a when you get vinyl, you can buy a hundred eighty gram vinyl. Do you reckon there's like a special hundred eighty gram? There actually is. Was a friend of mine used to work. <laughs> at a um, Dixon's Recycles yeah, and apparently there was an era of uh, I guess um, East German manufactured compact discs which was the best type of disc oh wow yeah like I wasn't like expecting that kind like of early a, 90s a real right. answer back to a joke but anyway it's <laughs> good um, also uh, number two is I want there to be the lyrics this has the lyrics mm-hmm. number three Credits in full, and I, I mean in yeah, full. Yeah, they are in full. And how cool are these photos as well? And I know, and then artwork that the digital one doesn't have, and there's a photo on every page. And it's Adele having yeah, that's more what, expensive. What looks like a great time yep. singing really happy sad music, and it's <laughs> um, and also don't make me go online for the rest of the credits. There, there was a bit of a, a shortcut that started happening about 15 years ago, where it says. Visit Adele.com for full album credits. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's like saying, I mean, what, well, I, mean I don't know what made artists think their website was going to exist forever, but I guess it's easy. Though, I guarantee for, um, none of those links work. <laughs> it's easy for um, uh, rights holder um, um, companies in around the world where they can just get a website to get. I've got to say, rather than having to buy the CD, <laughs> reading these credits is actually fucking awesome. Yeah, I had a great time. Like, yeah. the, including the studio where it's recorded. Oh, that's the, cool. Who's mixing the record? Who mixed who it? Who engineered Tom Elmhurst? Who's the engineer in the New York studio? Who's the engineer in the London studio? Like Where they recorded the strings. Yeah, yeah. totally. Unreal. Who would have thought? Who would have thought there'd been a moment in time in music where someone would print a booklet and put it in a small <laughs> case? <laughs> I think moving like, forward, Eric, every week you can buy the CDs for the show. I love show. it. I love I've it. I've got this great idea. You get the information from Wikipedia and you print it out and you send it to people. <laughs> I love that. That's that's a racket. Um, so what else did you discover on this record in particular, Ryan? Anything else? Uh, Chris Dave was on drums no. from like track three. No. It's all in the booklet. No. Yeah. Really? Uh, my Little Love and... Although there was only kick on a lot of songs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Greg just played kick on number two, but then... And number five. Yeah. And three and four was Chris Dave and he was on some wow. of the Inflow stuff as well. But, That's uh, wild. Yeah. Uh, and also Max Martin, the Max Martin track was produced by Max Martin and Shellback. Have you heard of Shellback? Yeah, is Shellback a rock group? Uh, well, it's a it's a dude, an- like- another another Swedish wunderkind yeah. okay. producer with long greasy hair. He looks exactly like Max Martin, basically, <laughs> but twenty years younger. And um, he seems to have done some time in the trenches of Swedish melodic death metal be- before. <laughs> Isn't that where they all start though? Yeah. Before somehow, well, oh yeah, Max Martin was in like a hair metal kind of band, yeah, yeah. and then he sort of. I mean, if you read what else Shellback's done, it's basically all in the top of the charts. But yeah, it's I think we pretty funny save. how he made that tra- transition from Swedish melodic death metal to pop. It just makes you think, who was the first pop artist to book him and what the hell were they thinking? Yeah. Where's the link? Yeah. What yeah, is yeah, the link? Yeah. Um, exactly I think we should save our fire on Max Martin to the next I year. think we should too. <laughs> all Got right, well, to why say. don't we, um, should we take it to, the, to this week's rating scale? Yeah, uh, sure. Let's do it. Arik, take us to this week's rating scale. <laughs> Thanks, Was. So, 
Um, every week on the All Music is Good podcast, or every, uh, I guess, you know, every three, three weeks, weeks. When, when we do our tapings, except this month where we're doing three in three weeks, <laughs> um, on the All Music is Good podcast, we like to shout out the unofficial podcast sponsor. The podcast sponsor is someone or, or something or a concept, an idea, a thought, um, an, a manifesto that, uh, that has somehow influenced the lives of me and in turn I then project it onto both... My co-host Warren Hunter and uh, my spe- and the special guest of the episode, um, the, po- the the unofficial podcast sponsor hasn't really actually donated anything to this podcast apart from vibes, and vibes is enough to get us through. So, um, I'm thrilled to announce the unofficial All Music Is Good podcast sponsor for episode 34 and the first of 2022 is Project. Jet ski hire in Somerton, Victoria. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, guys. So, um, look, I have been holding out for for some time. And, Waza, you did make mention of uh, my 40th birthday. So, that was actually a 40th... Did you get a jet ski for your birthday? I, I, oh, I, I hired a jet ski for oh. my birthday. <laughs> so basically, Took it down the bay, didn't yeah. You? So Pro, Project Jet Ski Hire in Somerton, um, Victoria, is uh, Melbourne's jet uh, only jet ski hire service, and it's here to support your long weekend getaways without breaking the bank, as well as eliminating any maintenance and storage headaches that may arise with owning a jet ski. Who, an, who got you this present? I got I got myself this present. You bought you went jet skiing, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I. I should put, yeah, I did. I did go jet skiing. Um, <laughs> don't see it. Yeah, anyway. no, so I uh, basically I hired a houseboat with four mates. <laughs> hey, um, this story going? Yeah, on Do you need what? the same uh, license to drive one of those? Or? So it's a great question. I'm getting to that answer in a minute. <laughs> so I, uh, I hired a houseboat on the Murray River for four, for four nights. Yeah, we're out of a Chica or a uh, Out of Moama. Oh, Chica Moama. Yep. And I thought, what better way to, you know, Enjoy the water than to have a PWC. Was there a spa on this house? There was a spa. Oh, that's there was a yeah above ground. Yeah, good good jets. Yeah, and very very well balanced chemicals. I should I should add. Did you um have any races with uh, paddle steamers? Ah uh, like yes, excellent. So yes, I did. So um basically I said how are we gonna how can we really make this weekend away a real experience? I was like why don't we why don't we get a uh, a, a jet ski which I didn't know yet would, would is best referred to as PWC. Which is a port, a personal oh. watercraft. Oh yeah. Who, so who calls them that? Come on. Well, I'll tell you who calls it that. The Marine Authority. Adam's boat course calls it that yeah, because yeah, yeah. you <laughs> need to do Adam's boat course before you can have a license to hire a PWC. Yeah. So, anyways, long story short, um, I was really, really keen to find a jet ski, and it just so happened that our weekend away was coinciding with like the reopening of Victoria. Oh, was the Southern Eighty on? No. Sorry, was the Southern Eighty on? Was the Southern Eighty on? Yeah, Southern the Southern Eighty. Yes, it was on that weekend. I'd say it was. Do you know what it is? No, it's the uh, it's the water ski championship speed oh no, speed racing. It, it wasn't out of the the sun, It wasn't the they, Southern it's Eighty. Like there's deaths every I year. Wish, Basically, I wish it was the Southern like Eighty. I, I want to get a <laughs> speed. I, I I can't wait to get a replay of that bit where you ask Arik if the Southern Eighty <laughs> is on, and then he says yes, and then asks what it is. <laughs> I, I just I just want good flow. That's going to go in the best of the year. I just, I just want good flow. That's in the clip show. Yeah, that's in the clip show. So, anyways, Project Jet Ski Hire. I'm looking for a jet ski for my weekend away. There's only one place in town. It's 
Project Jet Ski Hire in Summerton. I start talking to my my guy Kareem down there, mm-hmm. and we're all set to go. The, you know, I've got the, you know I've got the deposit ready, and then week of the jet ski experience, Kareem stops fucking answering his phone. No. So I'm like, what is going on? Does this place even exist? I'm on a lunch break at work. I'm like, I'm just gonna fucking drive down there. Yeah. So I get in the car because we're like three days out from jet ski. How yeah. long is this lunch break? It's a, it's a long lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> long, long, long lunch break. I should also mention that in the meantime, when this started to fall through, I went onto Facebook Marketplace and found a guy selling a like <laughs> potentially working jet ski for the same amount. Is that what PW stands for? P- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's going in the highlight package no, as well. Boom, <laughs> flying. So <laughs> potentially working craft. Um, anyways, I go down there. Kareem's not there. There's a guy next door. He's um, he's like he's an English guy. He doesn't even he's not part of the company. He's like you need to call Muzzy. Oh, so Muzzy. I call Muzzy on the phone. I'm like, hey Muzzy, what's going on? I need to speak to Kareem. Anyways, long long story short, Kareem finally comes through the night before. He's like, mate, it's been absolutely off tap you've never seen this amount of people that want jet skis I'm like wow I didn't even realise um, he's like you know you need to do your PWC you need to get your PWC it's, it turns out that uh, the only course I could do was like the next day which was the night after that Tando show you really wanted to get a jet ski yeah yeah. and um, and, I ne- and I was encouraged to study for three hours to do this um, uh, this, uh, this like kind of exam to get on the water and I didn't do it a, a lick of study. I've woken up at seven in the morning, and I've just—it was one of those. Because oh, you would have been devastated after the Ableton failure. Yeah, that's as true. Well. Yeah, after yeah. I fucked up so Ableton, been in a good which um, Liz Kylie and um, Audrey Pound all yeah, saw. Yeah. Um, and it was one of those kind of Jedi moments where I just was like, you know what? I know the I I know the answers to this. I know what knots are. I know what starboarder is. I know what the other thing Did you say is. Starboarder. Starboard. Oh, sorry. starboard. <laughs> Anyways, I aced the test. I got That's my pet. I got Starboarder is my, port, port my Swedish producer name. Yeah, now. Stargate. I know what Stargate is. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and anyways, uh, look, yeah, show up. Kareem's there. Got the jet ski loaded up. You know, the only thing you need to do for your induction at the jet ski place. Learn how to tie it down. Learn how to back. Like it's like if you I'll can back, back it out. Of, if you can back the trailer out of the you can out take of the driveway, it you can, extra day. You can take it. <laughs> yeah. So away we away we went. I should also mention at some point when the when we were we were at risk of not having a jet ski. I called my um, my cousin through marriage, who you know I mean I don't think he listens to this podcast. We don't get along, mm. and I and I, I know he's a he's a you know a cashed up tradie. And has an assortment of jet skis, probably like really top end jet skis. Mm. And I, I said, you know, send him a text. Hi, it's your cousin Eric. I haven't spoken to you in four years, but how are you going? Just wondering, you know, totally fine. Um, <laughs> just wondering if I could borrow your jet ski for the weekend. <laughs> and I just got no. I've got my PWC. And I said I got my PWC, <laughs> and he just said like like no. That was it. That was the that was the text. Message. Question <laughs> is, he owns five jet skis. Yeah. Does he call them jet skis or PWCs? I reckon he'd call them PWCs. Yeah. Right. When you're in that level, it's a PWC. Um, it takes so long to say though. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. But look, it was a great weekend away. Um, you know, uh, you can look at some of the. The, the the reviews on the website really great stuff and amazing experience um, awesome people and great deals and I agree great deals um, <clears throat> top guys to deal deals. with excellent units well priced um, I also put a, a um, not good at communication I though. lost one of their their um, their vests uh, on the water mm-hmm. 
and um, don't and, worry about me. And I was retu- and as I was returning, and I was like, oh, you know, they're like, oh, I said, hey, you know, I've, I've lost one of your vests. He's like, oh, you know, mate, don't worry about it. Too bad. That's all good. Don't worry about it. Just take it off your credit yeah, card. Yeah, he's like, don't worry about it, mate. We'll sort it out. I'm like, okay, cool. He's like, hey, you know, put a put a review. I'm like, great. So I like get straight onto the review. Like, put five star. Great, great. Love Muzzy. Love cream. Five minutes later, two hundred dollar in. <laughs> $200 bill <laughs> I love that Don't worry about it And then what, what they mean is Don't worry We'll charge you yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways I Just big shout out To Kareem and Muzzy At ProJet I think we should tag them In this post actually okay. Because um, they'd, they'd love the, the, They'd love the promotion Should um, tag your cousin Who wouldn't lend you A jet ski don't, too Don't tag my cousin <laughs> um, So I guess uh, that brings us to our rating scale for the week. Um, you know, we've we've looked at things like uh, uh, the PwC. We've looked at knots, starboard, Stargate. We've you know, backing a trailer out of a driveway. What what kind of? Uh, what, what? I don't know. I'm kind of feeling like you know, for me to think about one is like I just got this vision in my head about Kareem and Muzzy organising like 50 guys to come and see who can back a trailer out of a really small space. Like they're just like sitting in the office. I like you that. can back this out. Like you can take it. I like and, that. And like, it's like basically, it's like chucking one of those things in a hole at, at the show where you can't actually physically get it in. It's like not meant to I be I love that. And I reckon they'd see you coming in your Ford Fiesta and go, no way this guy <laughs> no can reverse way. a trailer. <laughs> no way in hell. All right, so I like that. So why don't we make it the project... Um, We'll make it the project um, Kareem and Muzzy trailer um, trailer court or trailer. <laughs> I don't know the reverse parking challenge or something. something like that. Yeah, the trailer challenge, the jet ski trailer challenge, project. which is basically how many okay, how many times do you need to recenter um, before getting your jet ski on the jetty? Um, is this going to be one of those reverse scales where yeah, we get like confused yeah. by the maths? <laughs> if you can do it no time. It takes you one time. That's the best. That's right. If you, yeah. If, if, if you just if you land the jet ski on the jetty in one go, that's a 10. And if it takes you um, six goes, that's a zero. Okay. Why six? <laughs> anyway. Okay. All right. Fine. We'll, we'll make it... We'll ma- we're going we the reverse... We're going the re- goes. We're going the reverse rating scale and 10 is the lowest score. Thank you. Yep. Nice. Okay. All right, um, Waza, go. I'm going to say it's taken me three goes to get this out. And that's solid. Pretty, you know, one time to have yep. a look. Second time I just sort of went a bit far to the left and then the third time nailed it. Yep, so one for distance, one for one, one, for, angle. one for angle. And then the third one nailed it. Yeah, so, dig it. Yeah, I think seven. Three. Three slash seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. There's some, there's some killer songs. Yeah. Yep, it's amazing. I'll go next. I'm. Um, I think just it. It yeah. It's just it's just master masterful work. You can't you can't floor it. I'm gonna give it a two two goes. Basically, yeah. Angle one and then and then uh, and then one for one for distance. Um, it's again. Will I go back and listen to it? Probably not. But maybe. And it just can. It might. I think it's gonna be that reference album that I'll kind of go to to go. What is. What is like a spectacular sounding record mm. in 2022? Yeah. What's an epic power ballad? Do yeah. I want a power ballad reference? Yeah. I'm going to go listen to Easy Tune, Easy, yeah. Easy, whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, this was kind of like two albums for me. Like the first. Yeah. The first six. So, hang on. Yeah. Up to the wine. I Drink Wine. Which was track six. I'm looking six, at the I wrong think. album. Hold oh. on a sec. I think I Drink Wine was track six. 
Uh, that was track seven. Track six was Can I Get It? <laughs> oh, God, um, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the first first six songs I would say were pretty flawless from where I was coming from. And I kind of wished that Greg Kirsten or, or Ludwig had worked on the rest of the me, album. Me and it made me think, like, why not just get one producer for the whole album? Were, like, people not available or what's going on here? It's, yeah, um, I, I just feel like the results that Adele got with Greg were just amazing and a whole album of that would really be a 10 out of 10 yeah. but um, mm. on the other hand it's difficult times who knows what happened with the you know if they'd planned to do more tracks and couldn't because yeah. people couldn't get places who knows yeah. so yeah, you know. although she does live in LA with um, Rich Paul who's a no, that, that might be the reason because oh. she couldn't get from LA to London yeah right Okay, and, and Kirsten's in LA. Yeah, I think they're both in I LA. Assume, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, um, I, I reckon it's about uh, three attempts for me as well. Yeah. 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 Three Solid. attempts of the Kareem and Muzzy Project Jet Ski Challenge. Reverse parking challenge. Reverse parking challenge rating scale. <laughs> Someone will say Whoa. correctly before the end of the show. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to forget how this works by the end of the next album, I reckon. Um, all right, so what do we give? Uh, a three, three, and a two. A three, three, and a two. Do the maths. Okay, we'll, we'll be, be back. back. <laughs> we will be back. <laughs> second album for the week is by Canadian singer-songwriter The Weeknd and it is titled Dawn FM. How can I make you... Sorry. Very... <laughs> all right. I think we're all pretty excited about this record. So um, <laughs> let's get a, let's get into uh, a little bit about um, The Weeknd. So Abel McConnen Tesfaye, born February 16th, 1990, known professionally as The Weeknd, is a Canadian singer-songwriter and record producer. Known for his sonic versatility and dark lyricism, Tesfaye music explores escapism, romance, melancholia, and is often inspired by personal experience. He's received numerous accolades, including three Grammy Awards, 19 Billboard Music Awards, 15 Jung Awards, six American Music Awards, two MTV Video Music Awards, and an Academy Award nomination. I didn't realize that. Whoa. I'd be curious to know what, uh, what that was for. Anyone want to look that up? You didn't say six Grammy Awards, did you? Six Grammys, but, no, I, but, but no, maybe no, not in the one night. Okay. Um, born and raised in Toronto, Tesfaye began his recording career in 2009 by anonymously releasing music on YouTube. Sure, sure he did. Two years later, <laughs> he co-founded the XO record label and released the critically acclaimed mixtapes House of Balloons, oh, all time. Thursday and Echoes of Silence, quickly gaining recognition for his dark style of contemporary and alternative R&B and for the mystique surrounding his identity. In 2012, Tesfaye signed with Republic Records and re-released the mixtapes in the compilation album Trilogy. 
His debut studio album, Kissland, was released in 2013, which saw him experiment with Dark Wave. His chamber pop and R&B single earned it from the soundtrack of the film Fifty Shades of Grey, that's it, won the Grammy Award for Best R&B Performance and was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Song. Oh, there you go. <coughs> which song um, was that? Uh, that was for... Fifty Shades of Grey. Earned it. Don't know it. Okay, go on. Sway earned major critical and commercial success with his second album, Beauty Behind the Madness, in 2015. It became his first number one album on the US Billboard 200 and became one of the year's best-selling albums while the singles Can't Feel My Face and The Hills topped the US Billboard Hot 100. One of the great songs. One of the great songs. Beauty Behind the Madness also won the Grammy Award for Best Urban Contemporary Album. It was nominated for Album of the Year. His third uh, album, Starboy 2016, which included the number one single of the same name, saw uh, commercial success, etc., etc., etc. The guy is an absolute machine. What was that blinding lights? And then blinding oh. lights happened and Holy we yeah. all lost our shit completely. Mm-hmm. Um, we might get into the album. I should also um, mention his cameo appearance in the Safi Brothers film... Um, which starred Adam Sandler, Cut Diamond, if anyone has seen that. Um, he makes a little cameo appearance in there where Adam Sandler um, gets in a fight with him, which is one of the great uh, moments in cinema in my book for the last 10 years. Wow. Um, yeah, brilliant. He, uh, Yeah, it's an amazing amazing, um, amazing movie. It's Should like the most stressful movie you'll ever watch. Go home and watch it. Wow. Should Cut. also just apologise that we just turned the air conditioner off as well, which <laughs> is like a Russian style 1940. Yeah, um, it really is actually. That thing, that thing really works. Refrigerator Yeah, yeah it really does. Okay, so we'll get to the album. And, um, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's interesting as you kind of skim for like some interesting tidbits around the, the album. So this was on in, in Variety magazine. Asked why, I mean, you know, this is what Variety magazine are prioritizing. They were like, asked why he was intentionally making his face increasingly unattractive while promoting his biggest album. He said, I suppose you could take that being attractive isn't important to me, but a compelling narrative is. Look at a deep guy. Mm. However, it was clear when that narrative was in play and when it wasn't, as sometimes he appeared in character and sometimes as himself. And he says, why not play with character and the artist and let those lines blur and move around? Asked whether he was in character at the time of the interview, he replied, I don't know, I'd have to ask him. Whoa. <laughs> Hectic. So here's some really interesting stuff. Um, before you think so when you when you tune into the record and you hear that first sort of weird oh, tune in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know who's do you know who's doing that voiceover? Jim Carrey. Correct. No. Jim Carrey, who is a close friend of the weekend, <laughs> is doing that um, that voiceover. And you just, you know, I mean, that's, so an interesting, good. that's an interesting kind of creative relationship, I guess. Um, and look, when you kind of go through the credits, uh, going to the, the picture review, um, uh, so The weekend was the executive producer alongside pop powerhouse Max Martin and experimental electronic musician Daniel Lopatine, a.k.a. Uh, one Tricks? One, one O Tricks, one point, o tricks never. point Never. And the two function like the a human, devil. <laughs> the human radio station. Right. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. No, I don't know. Um, what is an executive producer? That's what I couldn't I don't know, out. but I want that job. Someone <laughs> who gets lots of money. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I, I think... Well, I guess they, we, might, they might be the money behind it. Well, that's the thing. I, the impression I always got was like, you know, executive producer, P. Diddy. Like it's kind of the guy who owns the label. Is yeah, yeah, the, and signs off. 
the impression I've gotten of it in the past, like the money guy. But if it's Max Martin, OPN, and The Weekend, it's like, what is an executive producer? Like, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe Max Martin was too busy with Adele, and so maybe if you, an executive producer credit gets Max Martin added to the Dropbox and a fire emoji via text message every few weeks, I don't know. <laughs> like, just like, or you know, a, he's. Or a, or a skunk crossbones emoji. <laughs> He's he's keeping he's keeping one. across it, yeah, but he yeah. doesn't really have time to do anything. I mean, but you're be, allowed to put his name on it. Like I don't know. That would yeah. be a sweet. That would be a sweet gig. Um, <laughs> What's the other guy he's got? Who who was on the Dolls album? The other uh, Shellback. Shellback. And Where he's also got he's also got Calvin Harris and Swedish House Mafia, as well as longtime collaborator Oscar Holter on it. Hmm. So let's go in. Let's get into it. Um, I was saying to Ryan in the car ride on the way over. What that you talked about this. We couldn't help we couldn't, it. We couldn't I, help I think Arik's first sentence was, yeah, I haven't listened to Adele yet. I couldn't stop listening to The Weeknd. And I went, yeah. <laughs> Basically, so I listened to Adele late last year and um, and that was kind of my first listen. I went from one, like a, like a little sneaky, cheeky listen on The Weeknd, but not a deep dive. Right. Because every single time I turned on Spotify, The Weeknd was loaded and I just had to p- Is that press why play again. when we played track four of the Adele album today, you had no idea that yeah. it was even on the album? <laughs> hey, you stop that. <laughs> you stop that now. No, I listened to the four inflow tracks at the end, so... <laughs> I, I might have missed a little bit of the, in the middle, oh. but shush, shush, shush. You still gave it an eight, so that's good. No, but no, no, no. I, I, you know, it was good. It was a good album. You know, now, now I've lost all credibility. <laughs> Not that I ever had any, but um, <laughs> I mean, it just relates back to my research comment in the opening monologue tonight. I think. <laughs> It's not going to be the year. What are the let's advisory just, board going to say about this? Yeah. Let's go straight to 2023. Let's just go straight to 2023. Um, okay. To me, like, um, had I not known Matt, like, I didn't need to know who produced it to just go, this is, <laughs> no. this is just the best. And uh, the things that immediately came to me was like, this is as close to like a Quincy Jones, Michael Jackson kind of union as we've ever seen since those two made records together because so much so that there's even there's one song that literally sounds like Thriller oh, on, yeah. on, the, on the record I don't remember the, the one after the no. Quincy yeah, it doesn't sound like Thriller it's the guitar no 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 no, no. it's not just the guitar it is the guitar it's the pick guitar and the way that they've like and the descending chord progression yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's the, it was the guitar for me yeah what, what it sounded like to me was um, you know in Daft Punk's last album Random Access Memories when there were parts of that where they were trying to sound like Thriller. Right. This sounds like Daft Punk trying to sound like Thriller. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. And you can bet your ass that if Daft Punk still existed, may they rest in peace or whatever yeah. they're doing, um, do robots rest in peace? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if, if Daft Punk was still with us, they would have definitely featured on that track. Yeah. It's, um, take my, it's Take My Breath, I think, is a song. Oh, oh that didn't remind me of Thriller at no, all. No, me either. No, that's not no, it. It's the one after the try, Quincy try one. Try track seven. Oh, A Tale by Quincy. It's no, the one after yeah, the Tale by Quincy. Out, out of time. Yeah. yeah. No, this sounds like um, that the, the soft thing. Or the, the What's the, what's the what PYC? Um, PYT. PYT. P- PYT. That's not like PYT from Thriller. A hundred percent. Oh, I didn't get that either. I don't know what he's talking about. It's... It's a tale by Quincy. Did that's you actually what it is. listen to this album either? Shut your mouth. <laughs> And this no, reminded this wasn't, it. this wasn't it either. Okay, it's a song. Anyway, there's one. Anyone, keep, keep going. Okay, hold on. I need to. I need to find it. I'm sorry. It's not this one. Sacrifice. Really? I thought it's a thriller. Listen to that. 
That's yeah. a verse of Thriller. I'm not getting Thriller out of this. You don't, you don't get the thrill vibe on that? Not really. No. Okay, whatever. You guys are fired. Um, <laughs> um, loved it. Loved it, even though everything I'm saying about it is apparently wrong. Um, <laughs> I just fucking love this record. Go and listen to it. It's, it's it's just the most fun. It's wild. It's great. I listened to it about four times. I listened to it when I was assembling a wardrobe. Yep. That felt good. I listened to it driving a car. Good that the gardening's over. Gardening's over. Um, yeah, I'll stop there. It's just a masterpiece. I, I think it. I think it's going to be hard to beat this year. Over to you, Ryan. Let's hear. Let's uh, let, let, let's hear what you thought. Did you buy? Did you buy this record? Uh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, now, confusing thing is, I I was at JB Hi-Fi and they had the one with the artwork that you know he's in the old makeup. It's yeah. like. For the the artwork that's online on streaming services, I'm not going to mention them. any of them, lest that it sound like an endorsement. But um, even though this podcast will be on those streaming services, yeah, yeah. I mean, Spot- we're going to talk about that as well. At time of writing, Spotify is still the main one. So yeah, and perhaps um, just quickly, we should perhaps take to our next board meeting that we only do um CD releases of this podcast from here on in. <laughs> if you buy them, I'm happy to for that to happen. Cool, Ryan. We got Ryan. Oh, Ryan's going to buy for us. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like you work at JB and you're shuffling <laughs> CDs back into the into the, the stacks. So I, I talked myself into getting the uh, limited edition JB Hi-Fi exclusive edition okay. of the album, which has different artwork. And you know what? No track list or credits. And Ooh, failed. what I really want to find out is if I'd bought the normal ass version yeah, of the yeah. album, would that have had a track listing? And so... Was that the... Did you get to one of them Alternate World? No, this... This is strictly the CD version. This is just, I think, I don't know who benefits exactly, but this just said exclusive to JB Hi-Fi. It's got... Is it nineteen ninety nine as well? Price-wise? The year. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think it was, yeah. It could be the year I couldn't well. find it for less than... <laughs> I couldn't buy it digitally for less than 27 Yeah, wow. I mean, 1999 would be the price they would have been around 1999. No, no, they were $28.99 and $99. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember spending 30 bucks. Yeah, you're yeah. probably right, that's true. And then this is bar mitzvah prices. I remember getting going to JB a Brashes actually yeah, yeah, Brashes. Oh, yeah. with, the, with a Brashes voucher yeah. and nine ninety four. I got my CDs for nine ninety nine. Okay, yeah. Go it was on. A lot right. of money back then. Anyway, on, um, yeah. so because there's no credits and yeah. I, I didn't really know who was working on what here, you but didn't even um, know what the album was. I didn't. <laughs> I did know that uh, the the executive producer thing, the weekend Max Martin and OPN. I mean. They want us to know that those three people were in charge, basically. And so after the last album, I remember there was those three songs which were um, uh, Blind, we, Blinding Lights. Yeah, yeah. We reviewed uh, it, didn't we? Because that we was did, the last time you were on. We reviewed it and I remember and we you, both you, you just said, what happened 10 songs into this? Yeah. It just went to somewhere completely different. Yeah. And which basically, is when Max Martin started yeah. working on the songs. That's it. And, and the yeah. first one was Blinded <laughs> yeah. by the Light. Yeah, yeah, Whoa. that's true. So th- those three songs, I can just remember thinking, if the weekend ever does a whole album with Max Martin, it's going to be the best thing anyone yeah, you has said ever, that, has actually, ever heard. Yeah. Go and pop yeah. that in, <laughs> pop that in as a soundbite, and, and we've got to talk about that. Yeah. Um. So basically, I I put this album in. There was the Jim Carrey intro, which which was cool, and I thought, okay, it's a bit of a concept album with a some kind. Did you of, pick it? Did you pick it, or did you have to look at the credit? I think, there? I think I'd already known that okay. somehow. But um, 
anyway, the basically the first there's the Dawn FM intro, and then the next four songs in a row is just ten out of ten. Exactly what I was hoping would happen. Mm. Like maximum Max Martin. Agreed. We've got gasoline. How do I make you love me? Take my breath and sacrifice. Agreed. And it's all just it's amazing. All and guns blazing. And he, in some of his vocal range, he sounds like Michael Jackson. I don't know if you guys get oh, that 100%. as well. But especially check out the BVs on Sacrifice. He mm-hmm. sounds like Michael doing his own BVs. He's yep. amazing. It's just unbelievable. Can I take a look at that CD? I'm, just, I'm curious to know who mixed it because I think it's also the best sounding record. Like, yeah, that, that CD won't tell you because there's no credits. Oh, okay. It just has like kind of... A few of the credits, like executive producer, for some reason, who did the artwork, who mastered it, but it doesn't tell you everything. So, yeah, um, that's weird. But then there's the Quincy tale, which is Quincy Jones talking about some pretty deep stuff, and there's some kind of sessiony noodling in the background. That really reminded me of remember the Giorgio Moroder track on the last Daft Punk album. Like it really reminded me of that kind of vibe. And from there on in, it's kind of like I said before, Daft Punk trying to sound like Thriller is kind of the vibe for the rest of the album. There's there's some great stuff on there and there, there's a few songs which felt a bit half-assed, like... Do you remember that, um, that song, Best Friends, where the, the chorus just felt a bit lazy? It was like, friends no more, you don't want to have sex as <laughs> yeah, friends yeah, no yeah. more. Yeah, yeah. You don't want, yeah, and... Yeah, I don't know. That that one was a bit of a low light for me. Yeah. Um, but um, Don't Break My Heart was awesome. That's towards the end of the album. Less Than Zero is the second last track and that is the catchiest thing on the album, I think. And that really reminded me of that aha kind of vibe. That So, mm. can, for, so for the lyrics for Less Than Zero, because yep. I had to look them up and I honestly thought the first line was Remember When I Was a Hippo? I'd wear your heart like I was a hippo. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I thought. It was saying like this is the most whack lyrics of all time. It's actually remember when I was your hero, and and wear your heart like a symbol. But I thought was remember when I was a hippo. I wear your heart like a zipper. And I was just like, what is this? This is stupid. (laughs) What did you guys think of the the, um, Tyler the Creator song? Uh, Yeah, that was one of the really. Thrillery ones I, I thought that was great That had kind of Yacht Rocky sort of Chords The the only, only thing with that The chorus was um, My new girl She a movie star And then there was a line in the verse Something like Her friends trying to Pair her with somebody More famous And I thought These are not relatable Themes weekend yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. no, Nobody else has these problems No one you know? has these problems I mean by contrast Adele's entire album She's yeah. Really exploring things she's actually going through and that everyone can relate to. It's like songs that are definitely worth being written, but like, yeah. So, just can a, I tell you I, the I one? Just, gonna, uh, just a quick point on this kind of executive producer role. Yeah. What I'm kind of finding here, I reckon the executive producer, they're the, they're the three decision makers on the record, but it sounds to me like these kind of records get oh, made with like, it's like the spark with like beat, beat makers. Um, top line guys yep. There's just that, Like there's a whole It's like the there's, Motown community They've, There's I mean, a whole like ecosystem That's right yeah. There's a whole ecosystem And because it's not session musicians It's, it's just beat makers and producers yeah. And it all goes into like Probably a folder <laughs> And they just start pulling <laughs> things out 
and just going, yep, let's use this this beat to construct something. I reckon that's the way it would work yep. because I'm just going through I'm going to make an executive decision and I'm pulling this one out. There's like, as I go through the, there's there's so many people involved. Right. Yeah, which which that which they wouldn't necessarily get a credit. They might get a writing credit or something on the. Okay, know. that that's that's yeah, the, that's the only way I can explain so, it. So I was partially right. Basically, executive producer means Max Martin is a member of the Dropbox and sends <laughs> yeah. sends you a fire emoji. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. <laughs> um, uh, the the FM radio concept, I fe- I felt like it didn't really yeah. Make itself known enough no, for it to really to be concept. worth having there. Yeah, yeah great. Except I did it was notice a bit weird. I did notice something really cool after track. After track seven, I think you hear Jim Carrey say, "Don't touch that dial." There's another thirty minutes of slow tracks coming up, and I had a look because it was the CD. I could see how much time was remaining. There was thirty minutes remaining. Oh, wow, he was awesome. right. There really was. Anyway, not like wow. an Adele titled album. Yeah. 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 Okay. Sorry. Yep. Our resident mathematician <laughs> Ryan Munro. <laughs> I, I had, well, that's the thing. If you're on, if you're on a, a streaming service that we won't name, you have to do a lot of maths to figure out how much time's left on yeah, the album. That's but, true. With the CD, that's true. It's amazing technology. It tells you. Um, <laughs> you push the button. It's a countdown. Remaining, yeah. But yeah, I guess to to sum up for me, tracks two through five. I'm just going to keep listening to them over and over again because it's perfect. But again, it just it just makes me think: could they not get the same producers for the whole album? Why not do a whole album like mm. that? I just felt like the the down tempo kind of half of the album just went on for a bit long, and I, I wanted more of the the party at the start of the album. Mm-hmm. So, just yeah. looking at just some credits, just real quick: mix en- one mix engineer. His name's John Haynes. I'm just going to look him up to see what he's done, but that's John pretty, Haynes. Yeah. Q and A. Who is he? Yeah, it looks like a young guy. He used to be a drummer. Interesting, oh, no. but he's <laughs> um he's he's mixed for Bruno Mars, Taylor Swift, Sia, and The Weeknd. Oh, that's okay. Well, so he he made this sound really good. He, <laughs> he did, didn't he? He really did. And then there's another guy, Serban Ganea. And oh, I've seen his name on a few things. Yeah. yeah, and then there's, I mean, the studio personnel is like a list of eight. And you kind of wonder how many people do you need in the studio for this record? It's literally like Max Martin with his, you know, yeah. Max Martin synthesizer and he's Max his Martin Max Martin template. Template yeah. and yeah. away you go. But yeah. yeah, and then they've got two guys doing the vocal production. So Max Martin, Oscar Holter. It, it makes me think that maybe they weren't all in the same country while this happened. And mm. you know what's amazing? This album and his previous one were are both incredible and he's released two albums since COVID started and they're yeah. amazing. Yeah. And also, I, I can't remember which song it was, it, which song it is off the last album, but it became the biggest hit of all time. Uh, Blinding Lights. Is it Blinding Lights? Blinding yeah, Lights, it overtook yeah. like The Twist or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Two billion streams or something, three billion streams or something. Yeah, I just, I mean, I know that they weren't counting streams when, when The Twist yeah, yeah, came out, Chubby yeah. Checker. But um, however... You've got to go on the percentages though of the population. Oh, the oh is that it? Oh, yeah, okay. I think so. Right, so whatever metric they measure yeah. hits by, it's that's, ratios. that's the biggest one ever. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Mm. Just another little side point as I'm doing a bit more research, Daniel Lopperton he is a composer and lyricist and I've never heard of him and he doesn't show up in any of the official credits but he's he's the co-writer. Now, hang on, is he, is he OPN though? Oh, he might be. Oh, yeah. yeah, actually he might be. But 
Mm, let me have a look. Yeah, I think have you're right. You, have you listened to any of his music? No. Oof. Well, it's it's good. It's 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 not <laughs> it's not blinding lights. I'll give you that. But um, it's kind of. I mean, really complicated, barely listenable electronic, or is okay. how I yeah, describe yeah. it. Yeah. But a bit of that came in. There was one track which was kind of a montage of like a. a ad for a movie do you remember that track yeah, yeah yeah that that was kind of funny like that sort of kept the radio theme going but um wild um yeah check you should i'll, I'll share this, this link with you guys later because it is the amount of people on each song is absolutely insane and and i think the the, the power of this record is that with all of those cooks in the kitchen it's just a completely coherent... I feel it's a completely coherent offering. It's not 10 people fighting for a piece of the pie, you know, which I think some of those big pop records often do. Um, Wazza, what did you think? Um, I'm not too dissimilar to Ryan, but um, look, straight up, the first time I listened to this album, I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's, uh, it's, it's funny because, you know, I specifically remember... That conversation on the last one where we, when Max came on, the whole thing blew up. Yeah. And it's sort of like, you know, if you're a record company, you know, and you saw that response to a track that came on at seven and went on to do what, three billion streams, like you'd, you would try and replicate it, wouldn't you? Like, you know, you, you, the record company, like, just get them freaking back in a room and do it. Um, look, it started and, I, I don't know why I didn't expect it, but it was just so shockingly Euro disco to oh, right. me that I don't know. I just I like this album was written specific for, specifically for nightclubs in Eastern Europe. It felt yeah. like yeah. not for the American market, and I just I thought that was really shocking. Like the amount of like analog Euro synth programming on the album was just like obscene. Um, and again, I'm not sure why I'm surprised because like this was. Felt like just Max Martin and kind of like carte blanche to go the full, just go take blinded by the light. And but like, has Max Martin do, done it as as Max Martin a record ever? Like, don't know. I don't think he has time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, He's booked out for eighty five years. <laughs> when is he going to make his own album? I just like on that on the first listen, I was just like, this is too much for me. Mm, and I got that feeling also. I mean, yeah, it was just too obvious. Like, you know, is music like this corporatized now? Um, like another stupid question. Like, of course it is. But I don't know. I didn't like it. So I left it four days and then I came back to it like on a weekend morning walk on the beach. And then I realized that the first four songs from Gasoline to Sacrifice are fucking brilliant. <laughs> like, brilliant. Yeah. And I think it almost like on a first listen, it just hits you. It's like a punch in the face. Like you're not ready for that. It was too. It's, it's much. like yeah, you're into you're into track one, track two, and you've just heard the two biggest hits of the year, and then you're into three and four. And you're <laughs> yeah. like, you need to stop. Like I need, I need a minute. I mean, I, I I can remember thinking, I, I'm, this is gonna need another listen. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, not, yeah. I'm not hearing what the what the huge world destroying singles are but i think i will when i listen to them the second time yeah, yeah. And which yeah. Is, which exactly is what happened and like it was basically a lesson on how to write a global pop hit yes like those first two songs <laughs> and then three and four and like you know and then it felt like it was a dj set because we're at the same bpm for that first four tracks and you can 100%. just see him being in a club and the dj's is going to go off and have a fag for like half 20 minutes because he can just play the first four songs it's like it's 
awesome. And like that sort of Ian Curtis style verse on that first track, um, you know, that low vocal, just like, this is weird. But like just juxtaposition with like his high chorus vocals, freaking awesome. And the kick pattern was awesome. And the rhythmical synth parts was like, this is crazy. And like the track that we played first, How Do I Make You Love Me? Like that hook in the chorus is just ridiculous. You love me. Oh, anyway, um, <laughs> what's that? There's, There's a, a voice he he kind of goes into a few times, you know, and always oh, sacrifice. Like, I, I don't <laughs> yeah, know, that's a, that's weird. Isn't that it? kind of annoyed me the first few times, but then I got used but to it. But then it's it's like it's just a massive hook. <laughs> in the corners of the night. <laughs> but like that song isn't the most popular song on the metrics. There's another two or three, but to me, that's the song that they'll be playing. At the Winter Olympics in eight years' time, <laughs> you know, whatever they are hosted, hosted in um, Slovenia. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. It'll be cross. I mean, it'll be that'll be, that's the one they'll play in twenty five years' time. Totally. in Slovenia. Like, it'll be blonded by the it'll, light. It never, yeah, it, it, yeah, it it never ever yeah. left the charts. <laughs> Not in Europe anymore. Not in Europe. Eastern Europe. No way. I mean, did that song... I mean, it's like do, that, that song and Depeche Mode, that song the end. ever not exist? Yeah. Like, I can't even remember it not being, yeah. a, you know, soft sell as well, obviously. Um, maybe Alphaville. Um, <laughs> look, bro, uh, what, what, what we've, we've named a lot of things from the 80s. I think the part of my dream that did come true is there's barely a sound on this album that didn't exist in 1984. No, exactly. Uh, and at that, but they've kind of made a new thing with it, and it's. But um, it just sounds like so much bolder and massive. Yeah, like put the modern production techniques onto it. But um, you know, how do you make uh like a, a basic eighties drum machine and a Juno sound that huge, massive? That's what that's what a lot of people are trying to do, and yeah. yeah. But I mean, I yeah, I, I yeah, blinding light. When I go back to blinding lights from was it last year? Yeah. yeah. Um, that was like, from 2020. Yeah. Oh, was it 2020? Yeah. Shit. Look, that, that, that had like <laughs> five or six instruments. That was it. Like, yeah, talk yes, about man. a clean production. And it's the same with this record. Like, it's it's it, the reason it sounds so massive is there's just not much in it. It's like <laughs> the kick drum. Yeah, it's kick drum pattern. Kick drum pattern. Synths, big bass, big synth, vocal hook, the yep. end. It reminds me of what, what Lockwood said about... Um, Beyonce, he said something like, "It's silence with amazing yeah, R&B yeah. sticking out of it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the songs are also built like for commercial radio. Like you can see they're being on any every commercial radio station on the, for the planet next five yeah. to ten years as well. Like they just don't have a use by date. These songs, genius on one side, cynical part of me just goes fucking. This well, is evil. but like, we, but like, what? Why do you see it as evil? Like, if you're that good at it, because it's not. It's not badly done. It, you know do you reckon I mean? like Max Martin's the modern ABBA, maybe? Like, you know, Bjorn and Benny? Like, uh, yeah, there's a direct line going I back know, to And ABBA. there is a direct line. Because he, his, his protege was... Yeah, the guy who ran that studio who the, worked the with... The guy him. who produced um, like Ace of Bass and yes, stuff. Yes, Ace of Bass, that's I can't right. Remember yeah, yeah. And he died early. There's a, there a docker on it, isn't there? It was really quite interesting. Yeah. And Max was his protege who just slept in the studio and just did everything. Yeah. It just followed all his... Anyway, I'll move on. Um, that Quincy thing, I thought that was weird. I was like, why is it even on here? Like, it just like, I don't get it. Like, it just felt unnecessary. I didn't, I didn't get the context of it and why it was even there. Um, like you, um, the slow jams were from tracks 7 to 12. Yeah. And none of them resonated with me at all. Um, yeah. 
The only song which musically got me interested was I heard that you're married, and um, like it felt like a track I thought I'd hear earlier in the album. Like it had that very boogie flavor groove, which is definitely my jam. But the song itself lyrically was yeah. was weird, and I, I had to laugh. I was listening to it walking. I'm like to hear one of the biggest rock stars on the planet lament the fact that he was stuffed over by a girl who didn't tell him she was married. I mean, classic role reversal, you know. There's just something bizarre and hilarious about, are we really supposed to feel sorry for this guy? <laughs> you know, he's he's mega, you know, he can do anything he wants. He's got the world at his feet and he's writing a song that I'm supposed to feel sorry I for. I <laughs> How could you do this to me? It's just like, what? That, that was a weird. bit naff, yeah. And that... Like, come on, man. Well, I mean, I don't want to generalise rock star behaviour, but would any of us be surprised if you'd done the same thing to someone the, else? The yeah. thing is, though, it it just feels a bit disingenuous because he, he plays with personas and he talks about that all the time, like the interview where, you know, that, that you mentioned before. Uh, like, he he kind of has so many characters he plays. Like, when he sings something like that, I heard you married, girl, I just don't believe him, no. you know? And like, and also just the music, like that is kind of naff, and I don't want to say poppy because, I mean, Jesus, <laughs> like everything we're talking about is pop. But it makes me wonder: is he into this music? Like, do, yeah. you know, like do, is is this really what he's into, or is he making this because it's going to be a massive hit? Like, I don't know. That's, that's, mm. that's I, a I, very I good question. I didn't quite believe him on on a few. That's of but right. I mean, and you that's know, what the same with a lot of this album. Like the the first four, obviously pop masterclasses but you can't you know not every song is going to be a pop hit or a masterclass and yep. when you don't get this sort of music right it sounds naff way quick mm. um hey look masterclass and mixing mastering <laughs> so like some of the subtle verbs and delays on his voice when things went quiet like oh my god like the depth and density of some of those verbs were just insane like how how Big and thick did they sound? Like I just I love What are those it. um well you know, you, you were talking about the kind of silence and yeah. uh, and what is it? Silence and and Silence with amazing R and B sticking out. Yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> like what are those um chambers where like it's tr- like the true silence? What are they called? They're like, like a vacuum. An echoic chambers, yeah. Ano anoechoic an echoic chambers. That's what like a weekend record sounds like, you know? Like it's just it's it's like this perfect like it's like space it's like just dead dead space with the most perfectly managed sparkles of that you can that you can ever imagine it's when you talk about those reverbs was those reverbs work so well because whatever space everything is happening in is literally like dead space yeah you know um and that and it also that kind of suits his aesthetic like it's got that sort of mystery to it anyways like like a bruno mars record wouldn't sound like oh. it might be recorded in the same, in the <laughs> same studio but it just wouldn't have that and i know what you're saying it's zero like a, gravity fucking yeah, when, sound when you get like a dead room and you it just gives you so much scope to do everything with the mix so yeah they're, they're coming at it from like there's no they're doing everything in the box it feels like there's no yeah, nothing in the room that's going to affect what they want to do yeah. to make no. it a masterpiece. No actual drum kits <laughs> yeah. were harmed in the making of this yeah. album. Yeah. No actual like real realness was used. Other than the vocals, no yeah. microphones were harmed yeah. during yeah, the yeah, making yeah, of this yeah, album. Yeah. Like, why would you do yeah. it? 
Yeah. I mean, you wonder whether it's all soft sense, like it's just straight digital. It, I don't know. It, it whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It's it doesn't. It actually, doesn't, doesn't matter. But anyway, um, how you with look, the most expensive patch leads in the world. I yeah. I agree with Ryan. I didn't think the concept of the radio worked at all. I just felt, you know, what was it there for? But um, hey, let's 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 go to the rating scale because um, it's a. Uh, if if I'm saying tracks seven to twelve are crap, and yeah, then yeah, some of the yeah, lyrics, yeah, yeah. the lyrics in that song were naff, and then I thought one of the songs you said he was like he loved it like a hippo or something. It doesn't sound like it's album. <laughs> and then of the, the, year. the Quincy Jones thing, I just didn't care for. Mm. And then like, so, but there's four. G- Jim Carrey didn't seem to be there for any reason other than hey, I know Jim Carrey. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah and we're both Canadian, so. As an album, as a body of work, it's definitely nowhere near album of the year, but those four songs were just insanity. Yeah. <laughs> I remember how outraged you were that I gave the last <laughs> album a nine out of ten just because those three songs were amazing yeah. and I hated the rest of it, but yeah. Yeah, well, this would be better then. But, but it's it's less than... I think it's less of a shock after what happened this time. I think we sort yeah. of expected that this is what the end result would be. I think... Like it's not too far away from the Adele album because there was like again it was quite similar. There was four great or four or five great songs at the start, and then it sort of sort of petered out. So look, I'm gonna go. Um, I'm backing it in. Back you're backing it in three and a half three, times. Three and a half times. Yeah. That okay. doesn't make sense. I had to sense. make a slight correction. Okay. I had yeah. to make a slight correction on the way into the last one. Okay. Um. I guess you know you, you've sort of. I guess the like the the way you've contextualized your score, uh, was like, ju- was well justified. Is, it's a, it's a well justified score, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take my own context on this. Hundred percent, like to anyone that makes music, this is the album that I'm saying you need to go listen to this. It's fucking mind blowing, even though, let's say half of it is three quarters. Three quarters is problematic. Those those first songs and the and the the hangover that I get from those four songs to just want to keep on listening is enough to get me through it like with flying colours. Mate, if you're... Like, I'm still buzzing yeah. at track 10 after <laughs> track those, 4. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if you're in a nightclub in Dubrovnik like right yeah, now, yeah, like, you totally. would just be like losing your brain. It's fucking Saturday night in Sofia in <laughs> Bulgaria. And it's the year 2038. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> and honest to God, the w- DJ- watching the Minsk Min- Winter Olympics, <laughs> watching the Minsk Winter Olympics, and the DJ has just thrown down the first four songs of the weekend Dawn FM album. Everyone's lost their minds. Everyone's oh, lost their question. minds, and yeah. and the, the party like that. That's good. That's good enough for the rest of the night, you know. <laughs> so I'm gonna give it. Um, I'm gonna give it a one. I'm gonna give it one one shot. No, sorry, two shot. Wait. I'm not nailing it. Okay, this is the problem with this rating scale. The problem with this rating scale, just putting it out there, is you can't back a jet ski into a jetty on no attempts. So, <laughs> so one is the highest. So Maybe one, someone else parked it for you, so you didn't have to do it. Yeah, at all. that's true. No, so, actually, yeah. zero attempts would be the jet ski fell off the trailer and yeah. slid all the way no, down, no, and no, you go, yeah. "Oh, no, Kareem came and did it the, the day Kareem before." And, yeah, Kareem, yeah, Kareem did it because because he enjoyed my my um my patronage, He's stalking my patronage so much. So I'm giving I'm giving it one shot into the jetty. Wow. That is huge. No, it's a nine. That's a yeah. nine. That's wow. a nine. Yeah. One um, shot into the jetty. Just and honestly, 
just because those four songs equal ten songs. The end. Like I like I'm going to listen to this on the way home, and <laughs> it'll just be two, three, four, five on repeat. Yeah, yeah. but no, but but no, but as I said, the Hangover Beyond is, is is like I'm still loving the album. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. Okay. And they, yeah, I don't know that they they kind of take their time as well. Like there's that um. In the middle of one of those amazing songs, it just kind of goes down to kick drum and guitar going, dun, 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 and they it goes for ages. It's like, yeah, who, who cares how long this goes for? Yeah, 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 and, totally. But that that reminded me of you know sometimes like there's been some amazing albums where everything just segues into the next track and there's nonstop amazing for like half an hour. Remember. Um, Justin Timberlake's second oh, album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yep. the first half an hour yeah, of that. Yeah, with the... Just, um, Don't be so quick to... The one with... Um, no, 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 that was no, the first oh, one. Oh, it's River. Oh, yeah. The, oh, yeah, the yeah, second one, one is the one with Sexy yeah, Back and yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah, yeah. My Love. But everything segues into everything. So it's good. just half an hour of... Yeah. yeah. Anyway, this was like that for me and I'm going to have to score it pretty highly as a result. And I was also thinking about Bruno Mars this morning and I thought... If Bruno Mars did a whole album that sounded like 1984, it would annoy the shit out of me because he wouldn't be taking it seriously. No, he He'd be like yeah. winking at the camera. And, and <laughs> Which is the best part of anything. It's so good when he does that. Ah, oh, no. Just anyway, but no, just the, the weekend is serious about this. And okay. yeah, that really just comes tell me about your scores. What's your oh, score? Okay. Um, two, I reckon. All right. Okay. Two shots. Yeah. Okay. All right. So and we've got one, two, and four, was it was? Three and a half. Three and a half. I'm going to put on my on the record the on this podcast my wish for the next weekend album. <laughs> Go for Coming it. Coming up in 2023 <laughs> is Max Martin co-writing every song. Every song's the same tempo. Yeah. Everything segues into everything. <laughs> and more Jim Carrey. <laughs> so are you saying you just want one? You want a one track? You want a one track oh, album? Yeah, we get the CD with one. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I, I, I basically want like it's called the best song tracks two through five on this, but do that for a whole album. Why yeah. not? Yeah, like yeah. I mean, if you want to, if you want to say Michael Jackson is a precedent for things, totally. then yeah, yeah, you can because Off the Wall was like one tempo for the whole album. Yeah, and, and it was one producer. No one ever complained. Yeah, also book a producer to do the whole album. Yeah, like and everyone, you know. everyone loves bangers. Yeah. Like you know, I don't, don't need slow stuff. If they're, if they're great bangers, I'm just gonna love it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Tough. One, two, three and a half. Bang done. We're on to the next album. So the last album, the third, we've still managed to like really chalk up a good time here. Two hours for three albums is ridiculous. <laughs> get get we've only album. done two albums. We're get two <laughs> one album and it's going to go for three hours. It's just mental. Um, the third album is by the group Animal Collective called Time Skiffs. Um, creating a twisted musical language of their own Animal Collective group from a closely knit group of childhood friends. With exploratory tastes into world-famous recording stars defining the face of independent experimental rock during the 2000s and 2010s, 
Teenage Interest in Pavement, get that vibe. Pink Floyd, mm. um, Sun City Girls, expanded into appreciation for more experimental sounds as the band developed and incorporated the influences of minimal techno, kraut rock, avant-garde composers, and slasher movie soundtracks. Relocating from Bolton, Baltimore area to New York City for college, early iterations of the band performed alongside like-minded noise rock acts like Black Dice and Anita, releasing albums that switch gears from one to the next, from sprawling, uneasy experimental sounds to placid backyard acoustic affairs. The band broke through critically with 2004's Freak Folk classic, Sung Tongs, but reached new levels of commercial success with 2009's Merryweather Post Pavilion, which I seem to remember I had on my iPod. iPod. Everyone yeah. had it on their iPod. Yeah, yeah. I had that on CD. Uh, it was like CD. YouTube. You had it on CD. Yeah. Yeah. I don't you anymore. Bought it tonight. I don't know why. <laughs> it was like the Nirvana Unplugged of um, 2009. <laughs> That's hilarious. Which saw the combination of their melodic songwriting. It was kind of like you two when they got all that that, that album put on everyone's iPod. It was totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was the same. Uh, if you existed in 2009, you had Merryweather Post Pavilion. Yeah. Um, yeah, which saw the combination of their songwriting impulses, more electronic leading production, and just enough signature weirdness to retain their exploratory spirit. Having progressed from playing art damage gigs in New York dive bars to headlining world-renowned music festivals, Animal Collective stay true to their roots, even as their fan base reach unforeseen levels. Well, I don't know. Would you do you think it would have been unforeseen? I mean, I always would foreseen that I would like to have good levels of people come to mind. <laughs> but they're, 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 they're unforeseen by whom? <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, if, if the critics unforeseen yeah, or if they yeah. just thought they were shit. Well, but exactly yeah. for the writer of this article who <laughs> never liked them and is really angry he has to write this bio. Um, look, challenging the limits of their sound on subsequent albums like 2016's Painting With and 2022's Time Skiffs, which we are reviewing tonight. And I'm <laughs> Did sure you see how they only added four words to the end to make that bio current <laughs> as well? <laughs> and 2022's Time Skiffs. Look, yeah, I could yeah. read through the rest of the bio here, which goes for a very long time, and I'm sure there's lots of iterations where they broke up, got back together, did side projects, etc., etc., <coughs> which you would do with a band um, being together for that long. They, um, they've been around longer than the Cat Empire, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Um, look... I don't have a lot to say, but so maybe I'll go um, Do it. first, if that's okay. Um, I'll just skip through the bio. Um, so, like, this is a funny one for me. Like, as soon as it started, like, I felt, you know, I, I got that transportation back to the early 2000s. And, you know, I was thinking, like, Wilco albums and, like, Gomez. Yeah. And... You know, Animal Collective albums. It just—it was a really nice sort of. What was that um, group that had with that big orchestra, that, that big choir that was almost cultish? Polyphonic Spree. Polyphonic oh, Spree. Yeah, yeah. It's all and that same kind of. Yeah, yeah. It's that north. It's that northern tip of the states. Who's this, you know, who, who sang the song? Do you realize who's oh, Flaming Lips? Flaming Lips. That sort of stuff as well, I guess. Um, look, you know, general sort of indie folk dream experimental albums like i think you know maybe we'll go off topic like like during that time i was playing an experimental electronic band called thylacine and like we were like it was real deja vu this album so we used to rehearse in a old north melbourne pub called the butcher's arms on sunday afternoon and i'd pick up one of the guys on the way to rehearsal and you know we'd go and 
we'd go and get some wine and beer from the bottle shop, but then there was a juice bar next to it. So then we'd start getting juices as well after we get wine. And then there was a TAB next to the juice bar as well. And then we thought, we don't know anything about horse racing, but there's lots of people in there. Let's just go and start, you know, let's have a couple of bets. So then we'd, we'd just actually, and then there was a sandwich shop next to that. So our thing was bottle shop, juice, couple of bets which we would never, you know, we didn't know anything. We just put like whatever, a mystery bit on and then a sandwich and then we'd go to rehearsal. And, you know, we'd, we'd just experiment or jam through, through the afternoon and we'd stop and have cups of tea and wine and whatever. And then after we'd finish, we'd go to Prudence in North Melbourne and stay there to like the end. And it was just like, it was, it was happy times it just and it was jammy and, like listening to this album just took me that back to that that time, like that sort of indie so sort of pre GFC time as well. Like pre and also just just like being of an age where you want to play music all the time and you know people who do. Yeah, I feel like yeah, that yeah, doesn't yeah. happen as much anymore. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. The kind of um, it's almost ho- like hobbyistic kind of music making well, where it's. It Maybe just, just about fun and it jams. was jammy. Yeah, that's what it was, it fe- and that's what this album felt like. It felt like a jam album, um, and they just got together and on a summer's day and just you know in a basement and or, or not in the basement, like in a freaking you know old pub and played music together and like you know in a world of like hyper produced, hyper commercial, hyper marketed and plugged in, ready for cross media platform exposure type albums like, could I just this add this just felt like a yeah, warm summer day so they're, to they're that not, they're not trying to get any sinks are yeah. they like. so to that point was um, uh. basically like even though they were kind of missing for five years they weren't like they were missing from a kind of release point of view right but they in in, in ter- 2018 they had a um, like a mini residency at New Orleans Music Box Village which was kind of like a preview of this whole huge like trash of new material um and it sounds like exactly what you're saying it's like it was jammed up and and almost like test run live right it didn't feel rushed either yeah it was test run live it was not like they go it's a studio project yeah and it's kind of like they just push record when they got something going that's yeah totally and 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 yeah the the chronology checks out on that okay there you go well i feel like you know i've just justified my spot on this show with that sort of accurate retelling of something i didn't know um I, like as opposed to sort of specific songs it, it was just a vibe for me this album totally. and um you know it's sort of something like i would have played the last month while i was on holiday super chilled super mm. relaxed i've got nowhere to be i'm gonna have a beer at lunchtime then i might fall asleep on you know the couch reading a book and this album could be playing so i i really liked it yeah it was beautiful i'll go next um i Look, you know, I listened to this Saturday morning, like in bed, and it just was the complete wrong environment yeah, for totally. that listening. It was, I felt it was like chaotic and kind of really unsettling and a really right. bad morning record. But then listening to it a second time this evening, um, totally different experience. Um, one thing that like immediately came to mind was like, this is a road trip album. Um, Did you remind me a bit of the Husky album as well from a couple of years ago? Mm, I think I mean ma- maybe maybe just like an overall feeling, but I, like I didn't I didn't get sucked into any kind of level of storytelling yeah, or lyricism true. in this. I agree. I think um, I think I think you know it's one of those things 
where you know i i still don't quite get what's the thing people love about animal animal collective like you know the i mean without going too deep into production like the the lyrics are so overtly washed out with reverb and just like no, like noisy that like there is nothing to hang on to from a lyrical point of view like like actually never ever there is no animal collective song that i could sing back to you um <laughs> ever you could hum yeah. it but yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. Wouldn't know the, and i don't know if this is a clue but the, i bought the cd and there's no lyrics in there <laughs> yeah so. there you go so it just sort of feels like um yeah it's just it's like i i just don't get i don't get the songwriting tip i think as you said it's a jam and it's a jam with a group of people that just completely just fit in each other's spots at, musically I, th- I thought kind of sonically this was really hi-fi compared to what I'm used to with the Animal Collective. Like the drums were massive and clean and lush um, whereas usually it's kind of like quite cassette tapey and really sort of just one sort of frequency, very mid-rangey and that sort of stuff. So I guess they're trying to go for something there. But I don't know if it... I don't think it suits it. I'd actually prefer to hear it as something a bit more lo-fi and messed up. It kind of justifies the lack of ability to understand the lyrics mm. to me okay. um but the grooves were cool um the you know the instrumentation is cool i was kind of, kind of got a bit bored of this like the field recording gamelan kind of sound that consistently showed up i felt that i mean you have been at work back at work for three weeks so you probably sort of lost <laughs> that sort of vibe to be able to yeah yeah that's true i'm not in summer holiday mode but yeah. i think had i yeah had i listened to this um you know in Byron. He, he, yeah, in Byron, just, you know, between, you know, Bangalore and Federal, <laughs> then... Um, federal. Yeah, Federal, good good town. Um, I might I might have a different different opinion. Yeah. And I think if I was smoking more weed these days as well, like, yeah. it, I think it's a weed weed record. Maybe, yeah. Um, but, yeah. Okay. That's my, that's my take. Ryan. Um, I, I got a real Pet Sounds kind of vibe mm. from this album, like... Yeah. There's a lot of tuned percussion. I mean, definitely not vocally. There's only two voices going on, I think. So it wasn't that part of it. It's just kind of the the Beach Boys at their most sort of placid and Hawaiian, I guess. And <laughs> Did they, were they ever in Hawaii? I don't know. And they're um. California. Bahamas. They they sang about it. I don't know. Yeah, they they probably went there, but yeah. Caribbean, just yeah. ocean. <laughs> um, Caribbean I no, I'm, but I'm talking about Bahamas. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, but the Pacific. I, I've, Which songs do they talk about the Bahamas? Gerbuda, Jamaica. Oh, ooh, You're talking I'm later Beach think. Boys. Sorry, I was thinking early Beach Boys, not Kokomo Beach Boys. Okay, sorry, was I? So not Brian. That was Brian Wilson wasn't on Kokomo, was he? Or was he? Uh, was he? I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it probably sounds like it, him, but I'm not sure. Um, so I, I I was I was getting pet sounds. I was also getting annoyed that the track listing is only printed on the disc. And oh. I kid you not, I kept on pressing stop and getting the disc oh, out that to is see annoying. what oh. the song was called. But um, the clue is. And they, hold on, did they print the thing on the slate? Did they print on the spine? Would you Would you yep, get online there. and look at the listing while listening to? I just didn't want to, yeah, and okay. I thought maybe they don't want me to know the. The tracks, why else would they not put them there? Anyway. This is so indie, the cardboard. It's so cool. It is. Yeah. It, the the packaging, other than not listing the tracks, is is great. It's I feel that like I could kind be of to a breeders. matte kind of uh, 
yeah, envelope that doesn't quite ever stay folded in half. You know, <laughs> you just stack another ten CDs on it to get to you, go. You flat. put yeah. it on the table; it wants to open, and you got to put your wallet on top of it. And yeah, it's it's one of those. But um, that's smart though. Play me. Look, I'm opening, ready to get get the CD out. Um, there, there's not a lot of credits there, but there is probably the most comprehensive acknowledgement of country I've ever seen oh. on an album. It is wow. It's longer than the acknowledgement of samples, actually, and um. I'm not sure, I mean, I couldn't understand a word of the lyrics either and they're not printed in here, but maybe there was that kind of element as a theme to the album as well because one of the tracks is called Cherokee and... Yeah, yeah, that was... Apparently, they. I was reading somewhere online that one of their albums, their last album was called... had Indian in the title and they re-went back and changed the name. Right. Of, so that not have Indian in it and apparently... Okay. The Cherokee one is an acknowledgement of, you know, having to learn. You had a lot to learn about that part of history. Oh, cool. Um, when I, and that was supposed to be the centerpiece song of the whole album. Um, um, it was a good song, but um, that, that was the reasoning behind it. Yeah, I mean, they, they seem pretty serious about about that. It's It says, in order to better understand and connect to the land we live and make this yep. music on, we acknowledge that this record was created on the original homelands of, and then it lists... A whole lot of peoples I don't want to try to pronounce. No. Yep. Today, these lands continue to connect to a diverse collection of indigenous as well as other peoples, and we honour this notion as we learn about and nurture our relationship with those who have stewarded these lands, past, present, and future. Interesting. I mean, it's, it feels like a very rare thing to see on an American record. It's, it's you know? Yeah. Something that you you well, expect we'll, maybe say something that's not in the mainstream. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Something that, that's something that is in the mainstream. I should say. And yeah. I mean, if 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 that was something that they they were kind of wished they'd handle differently on their on their last album, then maybe it's kind of something that's getting explored a bit more recently. I'm not mm. sure. Um, and but also, you know, being a collective, it's quite hard. <laughs> I imagine it's quite a big collective. So, <laughs> right. All that, the they have that much in common with Urban Cookie Collective. <laughs> <laughs> I've um, got the power. Is that no? Even Cookie Collective was that wasn't. I've got the key. I got the secret. I think it was the key. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. I mean, <laughs> it, it is a shame. I mean, Animal Collective is four people, right? That's Animal Collective. Ah, I, I don't, don't know. know. It's not. No, it's four members. You bought this album. You tell us the story. Um. Yeah. It's. It's. It. I think. I'm pretty sure that there's four. That I was just looking on Wikipedia. It, it's a very small group. Okay. And it's one of those things where. Not with that bigger originally. Yeah. It, it's. You know. They're the kind of curse with that hilltop hoods. Um curse of you know they named themselves something when they were say 14 (laughs) and um you know now hilltop hoods are like what grandparents um but they're still called the the hoods um maybe that's the same for animal collective i don't think hilltop hoods is a bad name is it well i don't know was you can call your next band hilltop hoods but you can't because it's taken (laughs) yeah Yeah. but is that like a name they would have regretted when they got older i think so really yeah okay I don't know. I'm. I don't know. I mean, you are the naming guy. You named this podcast. And no, it's working, I'm, so. I'm. I'm not. That this is probably. The no, only you're the thing naming guy because yeah. you said you're going to call yourself Even Flow from now on. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, produced by Even Flow. Produced by Even Flow. I'm. I'm going. I am going to do I that. I think it's actually. getting to that. I was getting to that time. I think. I think we should. Are we happy to just take this uh, and park it? You've got I, more I guess stuff to say. the, the sorry, only thing sorry, I haven't right. said is. Um, I don't know, it was just really nice to listen to and despite not understanding any of the lyrics, that can be something else I can check out eventually, I guess. But I've listened to this about three times and I always kind of 
pick out more more there's always kind of more to discover and like about it and there's there's kind of interesting time signatures that i think track eight was in five and i kind of had to count to realize what was going on and i thought yeah cool and um a lot of the time i don't even know functional harmony though uh didn't hear any um i i don't know what um that was such a like (laughs) Jazz education nerdy thing to say was in great. a review we, was we it? That oh, was great though. <laughs> yeah, we we learn we learn a thing, yep. and then you threw the real book in there for extra measure. Yep. How relatable is that? Hey, uh, <laughs> how, do, how do I explain functional harmony? Well, you know the real book, right? Yeah, yeah. Everyone knows that. Um, <laughs> oh god. Um, um, but yeah, no. I this I I just enjoy listening to it and yeah. will continue to i think do you yeah. think it was a, was there a time for you did you listen to it in the morning um like i reckon uh, <laughs> directly after adele or the weekend was not a good no, time because agreed. my expectations were too high sonically but uh, mm. yeah but that was probably good though because it, it actually did sound good for something that trashy yeah yeah i thought they did it, it's a lot of the time i couldn't really figure out what instruments were playing it's all just kind of part just of this m- kind of warm soup yeah just i don't know it, it sort of felt like it didn't matter who played the instruments they probably all just swapped instruments it felt like one yep. of those jammy sort of things should we do it yeah i think so um i i um th- there was <laughs> feels weird <laughs> to say i'm gonna give this the same as the weekend <laughs> which is crazy that's cool but i really because i really liked it like i just it was just a vibe it actually sent me to a really nostalgic place and i was just in the right headspace to listen to this album this week um so yeah three and a half back in her in on 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 the kareem and muzzy reverse project project reverse trailer parking scale yep i'm gonna go i'm gonna give it five just right in the middle i think just as a recommendation if you want to listen to it, listen to it on headphones as opposed to like on a home stereo. I think and you need to you need to really yes. be surrounded. Immersive, yeah. You need to be immersed in it. And I think I think it's gonna grow on me. I think I think listening to this to review it is a different experience to perhaps it just being a thing that I'll listen to like on a long flight somewhere. I feel like that would be you know, I, I feel I need to listen to it by with like travelling. Yeah, between Belangolo and uh, wherever else. Yeah, Bangalore and Federal. Yeah. Um, Belangelo. Yeah, Belangelo on a long flight between those two um, <laughs> two regional regional towns, just looping, <laughs> looping in a Cessna or something. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I think listen to it on the road, listen to it on headphones, um, and yeah, I think it's an experience. I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's going to be. A, I don't think it's a masterpiece like what we what the other things that we reviewed today. So that's a, it's a five from me. The other things we reviewed today, I think, were more like really patchy masterpieces <laughs> where totally. only half of the songs were good. Yeah, and this song felt like it flowed as an album. Yeah, like, it did. Yeah. It's definitely consistent. Like I said to Arik on the way down, like if you've heard one track, you've kind of heard what happens. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. But is um, that is that a benchmark? Is that like something that you want to strive for? Well, when think, you think about an album, like does it need to just have that coherence? Want it, yeah, I think it needs to have consistency, like from start to finish. And it can it can still be consistent, but also surprise the hell out of you when when sure. you don't even know which bit was the chorus. Yeah. But then again, like you know, this is a this is a different world. Like, there's no chorus. Like, yeah, there is no chorus. Yeah. yeah. Um. 
Cool. Well, okay. We're doing ratings, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. It's ratings time. Wow. Um, I reckon I'd give this three. Yeah. Three goes on the um. There you go. On the bat, on yeah. the Muzzy and um Kareem Projet back the jet ski into the jetty rating scale system. And I, I, I don't know. I think I got a nostal- nostalgic thing from it as well. It reminded me of. Working at JV Hi-Fi It reminded me of Walking down to Polyester Records Buying a CD That I had no idea If I was going to like or not And then going home And putting it on And just getting to know it and it's a cool thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that for our um, next, next episode. Me, yeah, you're making me think about the time I walked into Polyester and they, the girl behind the counter who was really cute said, "Check out this Interpol album." Yeah, she put Interpol on the um, first one. The first one that is amazing. And I'm just putting on my headphones. I'm like, going, "This is freaking insane." And the bass, big bass, come. Oh yeah, that's that's so polyester that album. That was just insanity, polyester. Thanks for the memories. Um, but yeah, there was not real nostalgia about this album for anyone who sort of grew up in the uh, and was listening to music in the nineties, two thousands. Well, so we got a three, a three point five, and a five, and um, I guess that that gets us to the end of uh, episode thirty four on the All Music Is Good podcast. We're back. We are back. It's going to be a big year. There is, you know, we're going to have a, a suite of, uh, you know, new faces, special guests. It's going to be a, an absolute riot. Ryan Munro, always a pleasure. As every time you come onto the show, it just, uh, you I'm know, gonna... it gives us another reason to do another episode. Um, for yeah, thank you for bringing the CD back into into circulation. Um, <laughs> Waza, Arik, thank you for for once again skipping the ship. This has been the All Music Is Good podcast. We will see you next week, which means in three weeks' time or four <laughs> weeks' time. <laughs> Adios.